0: Moto One Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another episode of Creative Riding, the motorcycle podcast that brings you two-wheel topics from around the globe. Tonight's show is brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. If you'd like to become a patron of the show, go to www.patreon.com forward slash creative Writing to find out more.
1: Now, to our regularly scheduled show show.
0: Everybody, this is Junk, and I am here in the Creative Writing Studios. Um, not at the headquarters. I—it's hard to explain, but I've been blacklisted, I guess, for lack of a better term, from the Moto One Podcast Network headquarters. And now we are in our remote bungalow, nay, a steamy garage in Southern California. How you doing, everybody? It is Friday. It is time to rock and roll and get out there and drink and bowl. I used to love bowling. I actually used to be on a league way back in the day when I worked at at a body shop. So if anybody ever wants to try and take me on and think you can bowl better than a a 150, yeah, can you believe me that they let me on a league and I I was that bad? Pretty terrible. Um, Hey, the weather has been great. We are right at the—are we in the middle of summer? It's hard for me to tell sometimes because— when I see there's hurricanes <laughs> and uh, I know ah, I know there's already been a few fires and everything um, for us out here on the on the uh, California side of things, um, I'm not 100% sure. I'm pretty sure that means it's the middle of summer, right? But I, I feel, since it's uh, September now, I feel like fall is creeping right around the corner. You know what that means. Yeah. N- good times for all, I hope. Anyway, I hope it means a reprieve from this weather. It's been Friggin' hot. It's been like 900 degrees here in SoCal, and that can only mean one thing that it's time to take our clothes off and ride around in the thong. All right, let's get into this week's episode right off the bat. I did want to mention that we got some emails from folks. So we're going to answer some emails. Then we have an interview coming up, and it's going to be a pretty fun show. I want to give a huge shout-out right now to Brian Honeycutt, because Brian, as I'm editing this, yeah, Brian, I'm going to shout you out right now. You and I are chatting on the Facebooks. Uh, Brian recognized that um, I've been playing a little inside baseball with the podcast, and Brian kind of recognized that. Um, I'm glad that he got it. I'm glad that he knows who some of my commercials uh, that we air on the show, some of the sponsors that we have coming in. Um, I think he kind of gets the idea of where the impetus for these are coming from. And <laughs> so, yeah, it's kind of cool to connect with people on a different level other than motorcycling. We have common cultural interests now. So, uh, so yeah, I'm chatting with Brian online. So, Brian, honey, how you doing, buddy? Hope you're having a safe weekend. I hope you had a really good three-day weekend here in the States. We just had um, Labor Mo- Mo- Labor Day. I was going to say Labor Memorial Day, but that's not true. We had Labor Day um, and a lot of big motorcycle news is coming up this time of year. So I'm really excited to talk about all that. Um, but first, let's get into some emails that we got from listeners. You may wonder why I did that. That was a... Uh That was a stall, so that I could do something sort of like
1: this. You got mail, you got listener mail.
0: Open your mail. <laughs> okay. Okay, okay, whatever. That was pretty lame. That was my attempt at, like, one of those crazy Yo Gabba Gabba style, uh, I don't know, Yo Gabba, Gabba style songs, <laughs> where they just make up a song for any occasion. So there you go. That's my stupid mail song that I just now made up on the fly. Uh, and by mail, not, well, I'm not only am I corresponding with someone online right now, is he still there? Uh, Brian doesn't know that I'm editing a show right now. Yeah, he's still there. Uh, it's fun to connect with him and talk a little bit about uh this funny guy that we're talking about he could hear it in the podcast i'm glad brian (laughs) brian knows a little bit he's a little bit behind the scenes but anyway so not only am i corresponding with someone right now he doesn't know uh i'm editing the show right now and neither will you except for by the time this comes out and uh we got some actual mail so let's get into it right now uh the Postcard that I got from Rob, one of our patrons, and a valuable listener since, um, I don't know, we started, I think, right around 2016, I'm guessing. Uh, It says, Junkie, thanks for the pickle stickers, a first for me since the days of Wacky Packs. Now, I don't know what Wacky Packs are, but I'd like to think that I'm bringing something from the past back. That sounds kind of cool. The show is great, and you guys make it easy to always wear my safety gear, regardless of its... Something and your ill advice from episode 184. Um, I can't read it because the post office stamped their little stamp over that one word, but, uh, i'm glad you're wearing your safety gear rob what he's talking about my ill advice from episode 184 is to not wear advice wear advice not wear safety gear anymore that was my whole rant in episode 184 is that we're getting too comfortable in our skin on our motorbikes with safety gear we need to go backwards to the days i just heard somebody talking about this the other day on a podcast where uh maybe it was slacker moto i forget what it was but where guys, they're they're talking about how guys used to wear like leather helmets back in the days of uh, football when it first started, and now that they're wearing these big old helmets, they're crashing in and everything. So I said, don't wear safety gear, and I was riding around in a thong. Rob, I don't know which one of those advices you didn't take, but I think they're both pretty good. Don't don't ride around in the thong and always wear your safety gear, regardless. And he said, yes, I did eighty miles on a KTM 350 in the Mojave. It was awesome. He didn't yawn when he said it, but I did. Um, But, yeah, so he did 80 miles. I remember he was telling me he was going to go out on some dirt adventures and maybe like a little dirt class. So, dude, spending uh, some time on a KTM 350 out in the Mojave Desert sounds like a hell of a lot of fun. So, Rob, yeah. Um, The next piece of mail comes from the internets. And it was the last week or the week before, I forget, Jay and I, I couldn't, I didn't know how to pronounce this town in Ohio. If it was Chillicothe, Chillicothe, Chillacothe, uh, I really had no idea how to say the name of this town, but luckily for us, a listener has chimed in. Listener George, who lives in this town, he says, it sounds like E. and the locals refer to the city as Chili. It's Ohio's first and third capital. It's a Kentworth Trucking Manufacturing in southern Ross County, 45 minutes south of Columbus, Ohio. So for what that's worth, everybody, there's a little history lesson from George in Chillicothe. And not only does he live in Chillicothe, he's a motorcyclist and he rides a 19, a 19, a 2018 Honda Goldwing A 1918 Honda Goldwing, I don't think they had him yet Yeah, he's got a brand new one One of the brand new uh, Super Wango Tango uh, I had to ask him Is it Super Wango Tango Or is it just Little Wango Tango And he says Yeah, it's a DCT Tour So he got the big Wango Tango one And depending on which DCT tour he got There's like Four different packages on that And the last one has the airbag. I wonder if he got that one. Um, He calls her Om Shanti, which in Sanskrit means peace. And he says his wife surprised me with the bike on my birthday last year. And it's headed for 18,000 miles. And DCT, was he was kind of a skeptic at first, but he says he's never looked back, especially in Columbus traffic, which, hell yeah, no one wants to sit and uh, break your clutch hand. In Columbus traffic. I get that in L.A. too. Uh, My hand has got sore a couple times, actually, riding through traffic. Not like Jay's hand from flipping people off and banging mirrors. Mine is uh, sore from actually just squeezing the clutch 18,000 times. That's why we lane share here. We don't lane split. We lane share. Well, we do lane split. I call it lane sharing because I want people to like us, damn it. And finally, last but not least, I did want to give a big shout-out to Ray... Uh, if you listen to last week's show Last week's show I was Talking like I have a pencil in my mouth What the hell uh, On last week's show I went and blurted out the word of the week Right after I pulled it out of the can So yeah Total idiot style uh, Big bungle on my behalf I said bungle Not bugle But at any rate uh, my I said you know you have to be here to do most of the punishments They are like personal In person things And Done Made to be done live. So since Wiggins was not here and Jay was calling in, we couldn't do that. So I said, listen, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to owe somebody something every time I say the word. Actually, I'll owe three people something every time I say the word. But the, the deal was you had to... On the creative writing page, it didn't have to be in the word of the week group page, it could have just been on the front page of creative writing. You had to put the word, you had to put what I said because otherwise, how do you know what the word of the week was, right? And of course, that doesn't carry over to this week because it's a new week, a new word. And uh, and actually, we're not going to have a word on this week's show since it's yo solo, huh? Yo solo, and a guest that's going to be on this week's show, so anyway. I'm gonna reach into the thing. Is I, I owe, um, I owe Ray since he was in the Patreon uh, Discord chat and he did say the word. He he pointed out on the page. Yep, here's what you said. That was correct, Ray. I'm gonna reach into this bag of S. We are not bag of S. It's a box of S. Just the random stuff and crap that we have laying around. And I'm gonna grab something out with my hot little fingers, throw it in the mail to Ray, and you can be expecting that. Also, if you don't want anything from the bag of S, um, the box of crap, the B-O-C, you can just email me your address and maybe PayPal a couple bucks if you want some stickers or something like that. I do have uh, some little things that I may be working on that I usually give away as prizes that are still sitting around that some people haven't claimed from last year. And so let me know if you would like me to make you some of this weird little stuff, or if you'd like some Klopman stickers or some creative writing stickers, uh, email the show, Podcast at gmail.com. Send me your, uh, or I'll send you my PayPal info and uh, mail you a sticker. How would you like that? Would that be friendly and happy? I'll tell you what, I got a better option for you. (laughs) I will go ahead and I will... uh, Have you send me a cashier's check for like $2,000 and two cents. And I will have my bank uh, give you the refund of $1,099 for this sticker. (laughs) Or however those scams work. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back.
1: Yeah, hey, Junkie. I, uh, Moto G Pete here from the Nokomoto podcast. I thought I'd just give you a call. Our analytics data for the podcast, it's kind of changed up. I was checking our numbers, you know, just to see if that ad spot had done anything for us yet. But all of a sudden, like, my screen is frozen. In fact, my whole, like, computer is locked up, and it's just showing me a big picture of a pickle, um... I'm wondering if maybe you had any similar issues going on with your data. Um, uh, Hold on, someone's at the door.
2: Looking for a high-quality leather that doesn't cost an arm and a leg? Well, not yours anyway. Try Criders, made in the USA from 100% renewable resources. We don't use fancy hide like kangaroo or elk. Nor do we use other imported hides like Jaguar or Okapi. Those animals are scarce and protected. We extrapolate our hides from a unique source of marsupial. Not a wallaby, though, if that's what you were thinking. Crider's leathers are made from the United States' most renewable resource, the common opossum. The common opossum is so common, in fact, that thousands of hides go to waste each year on American roadways. We don't believe in letting these valuable garment farms end up in the city dump. Especially with a looming leather shortage on the horizon. Criders is dedicated to rider safety, and a low overhead is our number one priority. Visit Criders today, and we'll fit you up in new skin. Possum skin. Criders, the cheapest leather you'll wear. Visit Criders now. We're located down by the stream behind the old recycling factory. Criders Leathers.
0: All right, creative riding listeners, uh, welcome back from the break. I wanted to tell you, you all know every year one of my favorite things about creative writing is the listener-submitted shows. And by listener-submitted shows, I mean the Solstice Slam, which happens nowhere near the summer solstice, but uh, that and Spooky Spokes, which is coming up here pretty soon. And as you know, this is around the time of year that I start begging you guys for your submissions, your crazy ghost stories, your haunted rides, your spooky rides, and we've had some whoppers in the past. And kind of a good segue Because this week on the show We happen to have someone that can gear you up And is actually going to have um, some really cool things Coming up to get us in the spirit of Spooky Spokes And with that, I would like to announce uh, our guest here Oh, I don't know if she can hear the sound mu- sound effect music But on the line with us tonight We have Miranda Young and uh, all right that's enough. I think we get the I think we get the gist of this but uh, yeah tonight we have Miranda Young joining us from actually I'm not hundred percent sure Miranda where are you coming to us from?
3: I'm coming from you from the great state of Tennessee here oh in Chattanooga.
0: Yes right in Chattanooga. Um, yeah. I, I have some family from Tennessee and uh, I'm, from, I'm originally from Arkansas and I gotta tell you right now in California and SoCal here I feel like the weather is just about on par. And I just looked up to see what it was, where uh, my family's from back there. And it was the same temp as it is here. And by God, the humidity, I'm going to guess is about the same too. I don't know what's going on with this crazy humidity we're getting over here, but I think I can kind of relate with how you're feeling right now. Um, Except we're not going to get any cool rain to cool us off like normally happens there in the South during the summer. So um, why don't you, aside from telling me about how? you know hopefully good the weather is back there uh why don't you tell us what is the name of your show and what brings you to us tonight
3: well uh i'm miranda young and my show is i have a web series called ghost biker explorations and that's where i travel around on my motorcycle to different locations and tell the history and the stories of these places as well as do paranormal investigations so I uh,
0: hunt ghosts. <laughs> right. And so ghost, um, biker explorations, um, excellent name. I, I have a question. I have two questions. I'm going to put, stick a pin in this, but I've heard you called ghost biker explorer, ghost biker excavation, ghost rider expedition, <laughs> all sorts of things on the show. And so ghost biker explorations is the official name. Um, what, inspired you? I mean, what's, what's the inspiration behind ghost biker and explorations? And I want, and the pin I wanted to stick in this is because I explorations is, um, to me, it's interesting because I know a lot of the times you call what you do investigations. And I w- I'm just wondering, like, why you didn't go with Ghostbiker Investigations. Is that sound too, too P.I.? Is that not enough, uh, <laughs> you know? No,
3: that's actually great. Um, you know, I, I actually put a lot of thought into the name. Um, originally, you know, talking with a friend, we were calling it Ghost Rider. And, uh, you know, the Nicolas Cage movie and everything we didn't want to get lost in all the, you know, search engine issues with uh, when people would go to search me out. And so um, so I changed it to Ghost Biker before I actually, you know, formally released it. And because I do everything from paranormal investigation to urbex or uh, urban exploration um you know, I wanted something that would kind of encompass all of that. Uh, I felt like if I had paranormal on there or investigations, I felt like it would be a little too limiting. And when I go to these places, sometimes sometimes the paranormal investigation is uh, secondary, secondary to the history, as well as just um, exploring a particular location. So that's kind of why I decided to, to stick with exploration so that I could kind of keep it open for things other than just the paranormal.
0: Right. And one of the things I really liked when I first read your little bio and you know started watching all of your vids is that you kind of emphasize that you're not just about the paranormal, you're you're about the history of the place. And a lot of times these things would be nothing without the history, without a story behind each investigation or each exploration. And it kind of got me, you're a woman after my own heart because I'm a big history buff, be it, you know, ancient history or local history, especially in the South, as you know, We there's a lot of history there from Native American history. Until, I mean, history still being made in weird ways <laughs> because... In one way, a lot of things are still dying there, and some things are still have been unchanged. Lord knows, my family um, didn't get electricity <laughs> till the fifties, <50s>, you know. <laughs> and so, uh-huh, there's, right, and so there's a lot of history and lore that still exists and is lived in in a modern way, but it's ancient stuff. Like my my family's farm is over like I don't know, like 100 and. I don't know, I forget, but it's it's gotta be at least over 150 years old and mm-hmm. over the generations people the, the other family members would pass it on and pass it on, so it's been in the family forever and I can think of so many creepy places when I was a kid that I did not want to go on that farm and I think that's where it bit me was uh, man, I'm so glad I'm talking to her tonight because I think you're somebody <laughs> that could relate to this you know?
3: Absolutely <laughs> and you know, I grew up in the middle of the Appalachian mountains and, uh, you know, it's so steeped in tradition and, you know, that's one of the, that's why I think, you know, um, the stories, you know, are the way they are is because, you know, there's so much tradition in this area. People, it, it there are areas that, um, people don't get back and explore so much because it is challenging to get back into those back areas. But, um, Yeah, one of the things, excuse me, one of the things that I found in doing these episodes is that people said that people didn't tell the history enough when they were doing the investigation. They put the investigations first and foremost, and for me, they were always secondary um, because you don't really have an investigation if you don't have a story, Behind it, and when I'm creating these episodes and looking for different stories to tell, I want to try to find something that has an interesting enough story. If just in case there's no activity, that the story will be able to carry the episode, right. as in you know, just be interesting enough for people to stop and say, "Wow, you know, that was that was either really odd or really interesting." Um, you know, and, and there is so much down here in the south that that uh you know makes a good story i mean i often tell people that you know you can't really take a map and close your eyes and put a finger on any location on that map and not have a story about that place that you're pointing at
0: yeah for sure and the fact that you're surrounded by i know um i'll let you tell us where you've traveled to um, I'm, I, for, I almost forget that I'm cheating having listened to, you know, at least 700 podcasts that you've been on and uh, I kind of, I wanted to get a, a story that I could ask you without having everybody else already have asked you that, but it turns out people are pretty thorough in the paranormal <laughs> world, but. This is true. Yeah. So where have you been? Do you, and I'm assuming you start in uh, Tennessee and and kind of go out, f- so Assuming that you start there, where has where's the furthest from where you're at that you've that you've gone?
3: Ah, uh, the furthest. Well, um, you know I travel all over, and right now I've been kind of highlighting the southeast. And um, because I do this, you know, when I'm not working and on the weekends and pretty much any opportunity I get, I have been doing a lot here in uh, southeast and northeast Tennessee. But um, I've been as far as. Gosh, I've been up as far north as uh, Boston. Um, let's see. We, I was just recently out in North Carolina, which obviously isn't that far from here. Um, I spent 10 days down in Florida filming, which was a pretty good stretch for me. Um, I've been all over the U.S., but as far as like actually investigating, um, I've probably been as far... Northwest uh, as uh, Indiana, on I've got an episode from there that's coming up this season, and um, as far as south as as uh, Central Florida. Yeah. So I'm actually going to uh, the Lizzie Borden House in um, Fall Fall River, which is up in Massachusetts near Boston, yeah. here in November. But crazy. Um,
0: how fun. Yeah, I've been all over. How fun, yeah. and and uh, along with. Each story, like you said, the histories of these things, sometimes, you know, also in the lore and all that Mm -hmm. folklore that comes out of these and and having happened a lot of these things, you know, at least 100, sometimes 200 years ago, I think some of the fact gets lost, and I really find it interesting that you try to incorporate a lot of that um, into your uh, stories that you're telling, you know, into the videos and stuff. You kind of try to, you know, mitigate some of the weird things that that has been this might be true this might not be true no you kind of like you narrow it down and and then you kind of explain why you're there I want to know how do you decide where to go
3: uh sometimes people submit stories to me which is really cool because um you know being that I like to focus on the smaller towns and the smaller stories more non-commercial areas um you know, you don't always know about it unless somebody tells you about it. So sometimes it's word of mouth. Um, I also like to get those, those books that are kind of, they're the regional storytelling books um, that are specific to, you know, specific towns or specific regions. I'll get those and read those books and then I'll determine if it's something that's that I can actually investigate And um, then I'll start looking into the local archives, look online, um, you know, because you're kind of limited online. But when you can actually get into the local archives, you can find the newspaper stories as well as uh, some of the books that they have locally. And so then I'll start writing my story from that point. Right. And then, you know, usually each episode... Each episode is is a couple months in the making because I'll determine where I'm going to go. And then I will go and research and spend a couple weeks researching, writing my story. And then I have to actually go and investigate. And then once I investigate the location, then I have to go in and analyze my evidence. And I usually try to say two weeks for audio and then uh, four weeks for any video that I have. Yeah. And then I'll take what I've gone through with my evidence review and then comes the, the um, editing process. But what's always kind of crazy about the whole thing is you can have this really cool story and have it all planned out, but then you go to do the investigation And it's kind of like your actors may or may not show up for the show. (laughs) And (laughs) so that kind of adds a little bit of a a stressful element. But again, that goes back to, you know, sometimes things don't happen. And, you know, it may either be an off night or it may be just, you know, it may not actually be a haunted location. So uh, if stuff doesn't happen, I'm okay with that. And I still like to release the episode. You know, we've just been lucky every time we've gone that that there has been activity. Um, but now some of the lives and stuff I've done, there's there's been a time or two where, where there's been nothing happened. Um, that's real life, you know, and I like that to, to show that that's how it goes sometimes. But, um, but, you know, we just hope at that point that our story is good enough and we can say, hey, either we were able to debunk it. Or that maybe it was just a night where just nothing was going on. So I like yeah. to try to go a couple nights if I can, yeah. or a couple trips there. But I'm,
0: uh, I'm going to send our yeah. co-host Chris to work with you because a lot of times we'll work on notes for the show. Well, eh, let's let's say a week out, you know, we'll start getting stuff together we want to talk about, and it's going to mm-hmm. need a little bit of researching. He usually shows up here the night of. And right before I press record, I say, "So you ready? You read all the notes." <laughs> I didn't read anything. So, so you yeah. actually put two months of research into these things, and uh, somehow yeah. we've been flying by the seat of our pants with with Wiggins here for the last uh, year and a half, um, doing research on the fly as we sit in the studio. Um, so let's back up a little bit. Now you you got mm-hmm. you do this whole story. You plan everything out. Um, and, I, and I actually like the fact that you sometimes don't get a haunting or that you, mm-hmm. you know, you tell the people, hey, them's the breaks because, you know, that's that's kind of what I like about your show is that it's not one of those ones where everything's like, oh, look, the cameraman got pushed. Like, you're, th- I feel like you're mm-hmm. like, you need to manufacture stuff at that point. And that loses, yeah. that's no longer reality. That's more, quote, reality TV, you know. And so mm-hmm. that's one of the things I liked about your grassroots style is that you're real. Thank you. Yeah, you're real honest about these things and it makes for a more curious... You know, then somebody say, well, I swear I heard that place and maybe they'll go investigate it for themselves or something, you know? Maybe you inspire somebody to go check it out and see if they have different results. But um, but I, I actually like the fact that you kind of give a behind the scenes. Like, hey, this isn't always the glitz and glam of all those shows that are just ch- cutting throats to get a, uh, a, a TV show or, or uh, sponsors and this and that because i know i i have quit watching cable for 100 years but even when even then yeah. there was about 25 ghost shows on and i'm thinking man soon enough they're gonna run out of stuff to talk about right like
3: yeah now there's more than ever and uh <laughs> <crazy>. <laughs> yeah and and i mean a lot of them are paranormal entertainment shows and i mean there does have to be an entertainment value to keep people's attention um that's why i do the shorter episodes mm-hmm. um You know, because I I don't really watch a lot of the cable paranormal entertainment shows. Honestly, with what I do, I don't have time. But, um, you know, there's certain ones that have kind of become jokes of the paranormal community because you know either they're always getting possessed or always looking for something negative <laughs> right. um you know so so there's that and then i follow uh, uh there's several different you know paranormal teams that i follow now and you know sometimes the episodes are so long that for me i'll see an hour long episode and think oh, i don't have time i'll sit down and watch that later but i like you know the my my background is in graphic design and marketing. And so um, I put a lot of thought into when I was putting these episodes together, uh, the technical side of it to how long I wanted them to be. And um, I looked at around 20 to 30 minutes because, you know, the average person's attention span is around 20 minutes. And so I wanted to put something together that covered the travel aspect the story as to why I'm there and then the investigation side of it. And I wanted to combine that. I mean, it's pretty challenging to try to put that into 20 to 30 minutes because I do get a lot of stuff or there's a lot in some of these locations as far as, you know, history and stories to tell. But um, I feel like within that 20 to 30 minutes, if it's 20 minutes, somebody can sit down during a break at work and they can watch it or maybe like myself you come in for supper and you're like okay i only have a certain amount of time so i'm gonna sit down and watch this while i'm eating so i wanted something that would not leave people you know wanting more or make them feel like they had to split it up to you know commit a lot of time to watch so it's actually been real successful um the only complaint we have had is people have wanted more and uh, (laughs)
0: that's a good complaint to have.
3: (laughs) It's a very good complaint to have. Yeah. So, uh, it's worked out well for us. Uh, but it is, people don't realize how you think, Oh, short period of time, but it's pretty challenging to try to put all of that into one and then also still be able to tell a story.
0: Right. And, uh, you know, I really love the history aspect of it too. And to tell, I think 20 minutes is probably the perfect time to, establish and give a little bit of background and then show some of the technique and then come out because yeah, other than that, if it's, you know, it, it is, I know how hard that is to do, by the way, like a, a writing a 20 minute, um, Segment for a podcast, even when you when you're if you when you're trying to be on like a professional podcast, not like this one. Um, you're really you're writing down, you're trying to be succinct and get your ideas across and tell uh, a story or the facts or whatever it is. And yeah, sometimes. If you don't have it, you could just ramble on, but then you're not making a point, and people lose interest or or don't get what you're trying to say. And then again, if you make it too short, it's like I haven't said too much. So I think I think your exactly. time your timeline is perfect on that. And they are watchable in on a lunch break. I can tell you that because at work, I've watched a couple uh, on my lunch break and had enough time to you know get there watch it clean up and get back uh to the cube before anybody uh yelled at me for being tardy for being back from lunch so <laughs> 20 minutes is perfect good, for good. me um <laughs>
3: there's some of the episodes this season will will be a little bit longer mm-hmm. just because um I've traveled further and the locations are actually larger um and and you know it's a, it's a challenge and it's a, it's a real struggle because um, you know, I, like I said, I tend to stick more toward the uh, non-commercial places, but we have hit a couple of them. You know, like the Waverly Hills and the the Sloss Furnace and all of those that everyone knows. Um, so it's it's a challenge when you spend six hours to twelve hours at a place to try to narrow it down. So absolutely, just so s- such a short time.
0: Yeah, I've done interviews with people that were three hours long, and Obviously, the max the show usually is is two, and so already I was like, "Well, we already have an hour more than, than." possible. And, and what we said really could get condensed down to an hour. So now I got to pick through and find the good hour out of three. And for you guys, uh, I'm sure you just have so much footage and stuff. And sometimes it's probably hours of nothing or hours of waiting for something to happen. I got to ask you who you're you not doing this by yourself. Are you, you have a little ghost uh, biker exploration team, right? Uh,
3: it's myself and another guy actually. Wow. Um, <coughs> Yeah, um, you know, and that was kind of our goal was to make ourselves appear larger than what we are. Um, we don't sleep a lot.
0: Yeah,
3: with our day job and then, uh, and then with what we're doing. And, and this is actually really taken off a lot faster and a lot further than we expected it to. Um, but uh, yeah, it's myself and uh, my co-producer, Josh Nyman. Um, he is, uh, he does the editing as well as, uh, the videography. We set it up to where I could also do it blog style to where if I'm traveling and he's not able to come to, I can, you know, film it myself. Um, but yeah, it's the two of us. I do the, um, I do the writing, uh, I pick the locations, do the writing and then also, uh, do the investigating He is not an investigator by nature, um, just a videographer and no. well, I, I say just but I mean he's a, he's a videographer and he has a lot of luck whenever he does these investigations because that's not his background and I think that the audience actually really identifies well with him. Um, he wasn't actually going to speak in it and he was really just going to kind of get me started helping me film. The things like the writing shots and stuff that I couldn't film on my own and uh, we got there and things would happen and of course he would get surprised and maybe say something and he and I just kind of had this really good rapport with each other and so it just made perfect sense to you know he like i said he um he's in the episodes but he's behind the camera and just the audience just can really identify with him because a lot of the people who follow the show are not investigators
0: right well now he's an investigator by proxy just by um you know by by association guilty by association (laughs) All right, everybody. I hope you're having a lot of fun right now listening to Miranda getting the back scoop. But if you, we need to know why it's called Ghost Biker Explorations, right? We need to put the motorcycle connection in there right now, and we're gonna do that with Miranda right here. I have. We have to know. Of course, I've cheated and I've watched a bunch of these, and I already know this this answer. But we have to know what you ride and why.
3: Well, I ride an 883 Iron, Harley-Davidson, and uh, <clears throat> I, um, you know, I've always loved a Sporty. Loved it since I was four years old. I had a little toy motorcycle, and it was this little green Sporty from back back in the early 80s, and um, just always loved it. Now, when I got it, uh, I had a, a Vulcan 750 before mm-hmm. I got the Iron. That was my first bike, and um I knew right away that I would outgrow the iron, but I just loved it. You know, I loved the style of it. I loved the matte black paint job. And uh, so it, it just, it was just a good fit um, at the time. And I will always keep that bike. Uh, I got rid of the Vulcan 750 a couple of years ago, but um, kept my iron. And I'm actually looking at uh, a couple other bikes now, as far as, upgrading because you know the tank is just so small
1: yeah <laughs>
3: and <laughs> you know it, it's small and of course with my travels i have to travel light i kept the bike um pretty basic because i like that um, throwback bobber style so i didn't really want any bags or anything much on that so that does kind of limit me when it comes to uh equipment but uh, I like to keep it pretty old school anyways, When I'm either when I'm riding or when I'm investigating. So, um, I, you know, it works well to keep the equipment limited and it works well, you know, for the fact that I like that bike.
0: Right. And I, uh, on a side note, I, I recently got a Yamaha Harley, I call it, because it's basically the same <laughs> as an 883. I got the uh, 950. It's basically like a bolt, but it's like the same horsepower mm-hmm. and weight as an Iron 883. Um, so I kind of can relate with you there as far as like, it's really stripped down and yeah, the tanks aren't yeah. big, big on any of those bikes. <laughs> so No,
3: they're not. And <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm tall, I'm six foot tall. And so I had to have the forward mounts put on it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that bike is great for like a little Canyon cutter, mm-hmm. but with the forward mounts on it, it's, it's like trying to. I don't know. I have a hard time cornering on it because, you know, you're sitting there with your legs out almost like you're in a recliner or something. <laughs> yeah. So it's, yeah. it's, it has its own challenges yeah.
0: and, um, Forward, that foot forward feeling is so weird to me. It can, I, I think, yeah. yeah, it can get a little relaxing, you know, if you, uh, mm-hmm. get dangerous. Um, you know, they based that bike off a bike called the Nightster, which was a 1200 yes. a few years before. And I'm kind of wondering, uh, I, as, as, it's kind of cool that you picked that because you know the nightster. I don't know why nighttime and ghosts and all that stuff seem to go hand in hand, but I thought when you said it, Iron 83, I thought that's a perfect bike because it's it's already based yeah. off a bike that was supposed to sound spooky or bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you talked about carrying your gear around, and I wanted to make a couple similarities here to riding and mm-hmm. and exploring sure. via bike. So I have. Uh, number one, the similarity I was thinking of through listening to you um, on a bunch of other podcasts and stuff, we always say as bikers, all the gear all the time, right? And so I'm wondering mm-hmm. um, what is your ghost gear and without going into too much detail and giving away any sure. secrets or anything, but I'm interested in some of the stuff you've mentioned on the show and I don't even know what this stuff does. I'm going, what is she, she just said something and it's like making a horrendous noise and I don't even know what that thing is, you know? So I am I was interested in what sort of stuff you started out with and where you are today, you know, like when you first started out, was it a camera and a camcorder and now you're up to like, you know, all the crazy stuff that you can only buy at, like, Ghost Hunters R Us. You know, I'm, I'm interested in this stuff.
3: <laughs> yeah, um, you know, for myself, um, I always have... It's, it's like, just... It's one of those little military jump bags. It's a over-the-shoulder um, bag that I carry that I'm able to fit, you know, just my general basic tools. I've always said the best tool that an investigator has is themselves, and, um, you know, for me, like I said, I've always been kind of old school with my investigating. Um, When I started, I started with a team and I started basically with um, a camera and my recorder and I'll go in, I'll put my headphones into my recorder. It's just a regular little uh, Sony dictation recorder that I had and I could plug the headphones in and I could hear it in real time. And I would go into the rooms and a lot of sitting and listening. Um, I found that uh, I get a lot of stuff that way. It doesn't really make for interesting TV, but I get a lot of stuff. Um, <clears throat> so excuse me, I'll always have my recorder uh, and I'll always have my camera as time progressed um, because I stepped away from the team environment. I do collaborations from time to time Um, but for the most part, it's just myself and, and Josh, um, I've kind of beefed up on the cameras and I've got sort of like a little pack that I'll take and drop off in each room. I've got six of them that I've packed up and it depends on how, uh, how big the location is, but I always have a recorder strapped to me. And I always keep it going all the time because I'll even get a lot of stuff when I'm taking a break. But uh, I have a mobile recorder and I have at least four to six static recorders. If the location is big enough, then I'll drop these recorders in different locations. And just so I don't have a blank recorder sitting there, I will put a flashlight Um that they like to manipulate, as well as um, a static camera. I've got several cameras that I purchased. Uh, I've got eight of them right now that uh, I'm able to run off of phone batteries. And so – yeah, because most of the locations that I'm in don't have any power, so right. I have to compensate for <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, right. so I can run these off of off of uh, external phone batteries. So I find if I put a camera, a recorder, and sometimes those recorders will have pre-recorded questions because if it's a large enough location to where I can't go and investigate the entire place. Then I'll pre-record questions. That way, I just don't have a static camera sitting there just recording a room. Yeah. Um, and then I'll have a laser grid that will project, you know, the laser in the room. And if something were to pass by, then that would pick that up. Wow, um, that's and crazy. Then
0: it, where do, where do yeah, you get a so, where, where do you get a laser grid? Is it is it just something that literally projects a grid so that if something moves out there in the middle, you can see, or if, or if a laser beam drops out, you know something has passed in front of it?
3: Yes, it's 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 like a laser pointer, or it's either a laser pointer that you can use in a classroom, or a laser pointer that uh, would go on a rifle, and it's got different heads to it, uh, like a. I forget if it's called like a starlight head. Um, it goes on the end of it, and you can turn it, and it will change the shape and project like a grid of either like a square grid or just you know hundreds of little spots in a room. So if something passes through, wow. it breaks the uh, breaks the laser spots. <laughs> We've actually caught some pretty cool shadow figures on on these laser grids that we'll be showing. Uh, on some different investigations Um, that's something new that I've incorporated Um, pretty much in that bag on my person always have a couple flashlights so I can communicate I've got an EDI box the EDI box not to get all technical and geeky but (laughs) bring it on
0: man i want to hear
3: (laughs) (laughs) it measures the electromagnetic field as well as temperature vibrations and it's got a card in it excuse me that will map all of this out so i'm able to go and actually look at the readings the uh, geophone system that's on it um it has to to pick up the vibrations, it has to actually be touched and, and moved. Um, so just walking past it won't set the vibrations off. So that's a really neat little box that I like to have sitting there so that if my flashlights go off when I'm doing an um, EVP session, which is electric electronic voice phenomenon, um, when I'm doing a session... I don't like to use just one piece of equipment because people can debunk the flashlights or they can debunk a K2 meter. The K2 meter measures the um, electromagnetic frequencies. Um, if I have the box sitting there with me and flashlights start going off, I can check the pressure. I can check and see if there's any disturbances in uh, the EMF uh, while I'm doing that. So um, I like to have multiple Devices going at once. Yeah, um, just I, to try I, to debunk that.
0: I hate to say this, but it that sounds like it has more. Um, like more capabilities and readings than our motorcycles. The te- all the technology <laughs> together on our motorcycles. Do. It does more than
3: my Harley because I had to put a uh, fuel gauge on it just. To yeah, mine doesn't have a so fuel I'm gauge not- either. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it definitely sounds like those are have way more tech than than our bikes do, man. And so, and that's just a few of them, right? I mean, then you've got like something that. I, I forget what it was called. Maybe it was the box that I'm thinking of, but you guys will put it like upstairs or in a different room, and when it starts going off, you know something is going on. Is that? That's
3: the rim pod. And oh yeah, what? that's a really cool one. So um, you know you can set how far your field is. I think the furthest I've set my field has been maybe um, two and a half feet, but you've got it's got a retractable antenna and it's got these different lights on it and when the alarms go off for each light it's got a different sound for each alarm and so um you can set it where if there's a temperature change it will start beeping if something crosses to touch that um to touch that uh, antenna then it will start letting those colors uh go off and you you can tell by the different alarms and what's really crazy is the the REM pod it's really hard to it's really hard to set those off and so when we get that activity it's pretty exciting because they don't usually go off on a lot of investigations and i found that when i'm investigating a house or investigating um, a location where I'm fairly close to where I set the rim pod up at. Um, if I go to a different area just to get attention, they'll start setting that off. So that one's a, a pretty cool one when it actually when it actually works.
0: Yeah, no, that and that sounds crazy. I mean, what do they make that for? Is that like super secret CIA stuff that they used to have sitting around people's, you know estates or something for when bad, like in commando or something when bad guys are coming around at it senses them. Like this is some crazy stuff. Is this one of the things you have to go to Ghost Hunters R.S. to find? Or is this, you know, is this military surplus or what?
3: <laughs> I've only ever seen it at, uh, you know, I think I got mine on Amazon. But um, yeah, there's some specific ghost hunting uh, stores that sell these. Uh, I know the the Periscope. That I have, you know. There's a. It, it's really pretty cool that uh, this whole, you know, paranormal community subculture has kind of created um, some different different jobs. You know, there's there's different paranormal companies. There's a lot of engineers that have been creating these really cool products. Um, Paranologies is one of them. Um, they've created something along the lines <clears throat> that's very similar to that but it's uh, it's called a periscope 360 and i use it and it's another one that doesn't go off very often but they've created a technology that goes off by static electricity and so right now some of the equipment like the k2 meters They can be set off by your cell phones. They can be set off by different uh, conduits in a house Yeah. that if it's a house with power. Um, So they've created this uh, that uh, is static electricity based. And so – your technology is supposed to not set this off right. so it's really yeah. pretty cool to see these new new uh inventions that are coming up yeah just, that's
0: to, just like i mean yeah. i guess just like motorcycling yeah you create a need for something and people will make it and that is mm-hmm. cool because the more technologically driven with bluetooth and all sorts of infrared mm-hmm. this and that on the cameras and stuff i'm sure yeah some of these older things are more sensitive to those since they're probably trying to detect that or something. But,
3: yeah. And i tell you, one of my favorite tools that I always carry with me are uh, dowsing rods or, you know, what we call witching
0: rods. Yeah. Then those are old and school, you know, that's like an old school thing that you can school. use. <laughs> you don't have and, to go and to and ghost hunters for that.
3: <laughs> no. And, and what's really cool about it is the fact that, you know, a lot of the, the uh, people that we are contacting are from that time period. So, you know, you can tell them, it's kind of hard explaining to them sometimes when you have um, some type of new ghost hunting piece of equipment sitting out on a table to tell them to go touch the green light and make it turn to red, but they understand either the flashlights or they, (coughs) excuse me, I'm getting over a cold. Um, They either understand the flashlights or especially the dowsing rods because it's so simple you know that's a tool that's from their time and then also you're just asking them to do a basic task as far as just taking and moving the rod either crossing it or uncrossing it or pointing it to a different direction so it makes it easier to explain and easier for them to understand
0: yeah i mean you know throw them a scythe or a modern lawnmower and they're going to get what a side is Um, really quickly for people that don't know or that that aren't from Arkansas and haven't had to use these things to find a, well, you know, what are dowsing rods?
3: Um, They're used to find water, Um, usually underground uh, springs or underground water. Um, Back in the day, um, people would use them. They would call them a witching stick And uh, somebody that had the ability to be able to do this, they uh, could—a water witch was what they called Um, them—they could take a crossed stick or a forked stick and use that to find water. And so then it progressed into the copper dousing rods, and they would use this to locate underground water.
0: Yeah. They're the ones I've seen are like two letter L's basically. And you, you kind of, I don't know if you hold them a special way in your fingers I've seen my, um, my grandpa use them. My great grandma Mm -hmm. taught him and my great grandpa taught him, um, being a bunch of hillbillies out in the woods where we lived, uh, in Arkansas, there are creeks everywhere, but to find a well, um, and I saw them use them once and it was pretty interesting. And lo and behold, they start digging and up pops a well. So somehow they work yeah. w- w- innate, whether it's on a spiritual level or they're working with nature and however, you know, the spirits work and all that stuff, I could see how these two things can cross over. And that's like an OG tool that, uh, yeah, uh, that's yeah, kind of and- cool that you have all these new gadgets, but you also have something really old school.
3: Yeah, and and honestly, you know, developers have created apps. Um, They've created apps. They've created these um, spirit boxes that uh, (coughs) are modified AM, FM radios. And and all this is really cool. Um, All the new equipment. I mean, there's even at this point, there's music boxes that developers have created that uh, they can manipulate. But for me, um, these are cool. And now I very rarely use apps. I do have a couple of them, but I'm very skeptical because, um, you know, phones and not to go all conspiracy theory or anything, but you know, your phones do listen to you Yeah. as far as, uh, your, you know, Google and and Facebook and doing ads. I know that from working in marketing, but, (laughs) um, (laughs) but, um, you know, so if it works that way, then who's to say that an app is not picking up on either something you said or some of your cookies or something that's in your phone. So every now and then I might just, you know, just for fun, pull that out and just to have something different because you do have to have different stuff to kind of keep that entertainment value, if you will. But, um, you know, like I said, I've, I was skeptical of the spirit box, um, but I've had some some good experiences with that. But for me, you know, sitting down with that recorder, sitting down with those dowsing rods and uh, just kind of, you know, keeping it old school, having the other pieces there to use in conjunction. Um, but if I have to pick, I'm picking my rods and uh, the recorders and a uh, camera over everything.
0: Yeah. And I'm going to guess that Josh doesn't ride because I'm 99% sure that he hauls <laughs> the rest of the stuff around, right?
3: <laughs> he does. He does. He does not ride. Um, and, you know, typically for the smaller places, um, like I said, I keep it, I have a, a fork bag and then I have a little um, swing arm blade or black swing arm bag on my bike. <clears throat> that I can put stuff in, and then my little backpack. But uh, we have done some very big places in the last little bit. And so... He unfortunately has to, uh, unfortunately for him, fortunately for me, he's the one that gets to haul my stuff.
0: (laughs) Sucker. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, another similarity to riding is that as bikers, we always have favorite roads or road trips, or even like for me, like canyons, uh, that we like to go carve, you know, just for a weekend or just for a couple hours. You got some spare time. We want to go hit them up. Do you have well, do you have any favorite roads to ride, but also do you have any favorite locations that you like to revisit or is it a pretty, okay. Okay.
3: Yeah. Um, you know, we all kind of in the, in the paranormal community, we all kind of have those, those uh, places that uh, are kind of good. I don't want to say practice areas, but good areas to kind of work on, you know, your, your any theories that you have or, uh, any, different techniques you want to experiment with or try. Um I have a couple places. Uh one of them actually that that was actually an open case for me um, was from season one and that was the Sun Hill House. Um that was an open case and it was fairly close to here. Um the first time we investigated we found stuff that we didn't expect and led into more stuff which then led into a bunch of trips going back and forth and trying a bunch of things um so so yeah that's that's actually a great parallel because um I have a couple places around here that if I just want to get out and ride I love riding up to the Ocoee and um it's just a good it's got some good twisties but then it's also got some uh, good straightaways beautiful scenery just somewhere good you know where you just can you know you can take it and you can always experience a variety of of things,
0: yeah. Um, that's why, I, yeah, and that's why I wonder because as motorcyclists, it's easy to get why you kind of this is easy. I know it, I know I'm gonna have a good time unless I, you know, go off a cliff or something. And the scenery, like a lot of the scenery up here, I go just so I can kind of turn mm-hmm. off and look. And I know back there, god, just everything back there to me is so beautiful, just all the trees and some Absolutely. of the mountains and stuff. And so, yeah, I didn't know if, if the The Sun House. I'm not familiar with. Is that back there in Tennessee?
3: It is. uh, It was in episode. um, We were first introduced to it in episode two, where um, I had
0: the uh, monk's tub. The monk's tub. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, right. That was. Oh, so that's the Sun House. Okay. All right. Yes,
3: yes. And so then it led into. uh, You know, we were there investigating the tub. But then we had all that crazy activity in the house and so found out by talking to the homeowner that there was a lot of stuff going on and that house was just off the chain. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was one I would go back. And I've got a couple um, commercial locations that uh, I visit at least you know once a year um, because I mean, you just get good stuff. And people will ask me, they're like, so – do you not get the same stuff when you go? And uh, the, the answer to that is is no. A lot of the time, now you might get some stuff that's similar that helps you to build off of it. And that's why I like to visit some of these because th- they might start as, okay, I've never been to this place or I've heard stories about this place. Um, and then I like to go back multiple times because you can use what you got during those investigations and build off of it. And like I said, test new experiments, new techniques, um, because I learn a lot from other investigators, um, either by collaboration or just by watching their stuff. And so it's really cool to use that place that you know you're going to get something. You know it's virtually safe because there's not something dark um and you can probably
0: you can probably confirm too if you if you suspect something you want to take a new another piece of equipment to confirm it or like it's happened to you a hundred times you go like a gravity hill i know a lot of those that exist around here and i've gone and it's like yeah if you park (laughs) facing slightly down the hill it's a gravity hill but otherwise it's not you know and it's just the lore so you could Mm -hmm. go back and test it and then you know one day I tried to do it on, on my motorcycle too and I don't know if all the ghosts can fit around you know just one back fender maybe that's why it's so hard because on a the car they have that whole tr- deck lid to push on but right. um, the last question I have regarding like riding being similar to um, ghost exploring I'll call it I won't call it ghost hunting because yeah I think, you, I think you're doing it yeah. uh, investigating and exploring is a lot better term than hunting um, yes. there's Daytona Bike Week there's Sturgis there's Hollister Myrtle Beach um, even the Barber Vintage Fest. There's so many bike festivals that revolve around the culture and about the vehicle, you know, itself, the motorcycle in all its various forms. Is there or are there paranormal equivalents like Ghost Con, or is there ghost rallies? And are there ghost Absolutely. biker rallies?
3: <laughs> now that that would be
0: very cool you're gonna have to start Um, that one
3: (laughs) i know you know i only know a few biker paranormal investigators Mm -hmm. um which we gotta we gotta get on that and get more people um (laughs) yeah there are there are actually a lot of different they call them paracons and um you know gettysburg bash is a big one up in uh, gettysburg um there's uh excuse me Fright fest and uh scare fest you know a lot of them kind of tag on to like these these horror cons or whatever um for horror movies but uh yeah they're popping up all the time um in fact i've spoken at a couple of them um when i've been there but uh yeah, they've they've got quite a few of those, and um, they're pretty cool. Sometimes they're just more, you know, they've got ones that are based on just cryptid cons, which okay, are
0: right, okay, you yeah. know, people,
3: yeah, into Bigfoot and that sort of thing. I don't really, I don't really get into Bigfoot or UFOs. I mean, they're interesting, but um, I don't really follow them as much. Yeah. But, I mean, uh, yeah. this
0: paranormal world goes deep, and just the the spirit aspect is deep enough. i mean there's so many different offshoots of what mm-hmm. you do that i'm sure like there's so many things calling your name out there you know
3: oh yeah i mean cuz just in the paranormal alone you get into the the demonologist the religious demonologists the uh, um people who do the paranormal just for more of the kind of thrill, the Saturday evening, you know, ghost hunters, if you will. Yeah. Um, The uh, scientific researchers that kind of the purest. Um, It's it's pretty interesting. And then you've got your self-proclaimed demonologist. You've got your ones who are um, a true demonologist is brought on by the church and they get their cases from the church. Um, And then you've got your... Others, I mean, it's just totally
0: <laughs> yes, it's a crazy. pretty broad field, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what's crazy about this is similar to true crime. I, you know, come to find out, mm-hmm. people have been interested in the paranormal and spiritualism and all this stuff since like the 1700s and maybe even the witch trials yes. in the 1600s. Um, I remember there was a time in British and American history where. Um, I, I'm not going to spoil the Will Nerds interview that you did because that was a fabulous interview, but you kind of touched on it where Ouija boards, things like that, they came from this mm-hmm. crazy like spiritualist movement that people had in the – I forget yes. what they call this period of time, if it was like the uh, Victorian period or whatever the hell it was. But people were into all this crazy stuff. Um, a long time ago and it's like, Hey man, like we're doing something cool and new and you're not really, but you're doing it like in a 20th century version and you're way more, you've already got way more on the competition because back then, uh, I don't think they knew what half of this stuff was. and Now we've got all these tools like you mentioned. So it's kind of, it's so interesting to me that, um, it's almost like a tradition or something like that, that people have followed on, un- on, either unknowingly or, you know, and, and it's had that many years. It's, it's had hundreds of years to branch out into all these things that you just mentioned. So it's kind of cool. It's cool on one hand. It's really crazy mm-hmm. on the other hand to think that people have been into this. I mean, just go back to like the witch trials and stuff where people were afraid of, <laughs> you know, what people were yeah. afraid of back in the day, you know. Um, yeah, you
3: know, it's, it's crazy when you, and that's what I love about the whole historical side of it is the fact that, you know, we're really not that much different than we were back in the 16 and 1700s, you know, the um, as far as like, you know, of course, death has always been, you know, this this big unknown that people have been curious about. I mean, you can even take it a step further and even look back, you know, at at the Bible and, and not getting religious or anything. But, you know, they talk about ghosts in the Bible. Oh Yeah. And um, so not just, you know, not just demons or anything like that, but, um, I'm pretty sure I'm
0: pretty sure there was plenty of those in there too, though. (laughs) Yeah. You know, just like even the legend of sleepy hollow, like weird headless ghosts and, and, you know, werewolves Mm -hmm. and, and vampires that came from, you know, 1600s in other countries, you know, like there's a lot of crazy stuff around the world that has kind of, uh, spawned and, um, is like the progeny, you know, of, of all this stuff, the predecessor to Absolutely. where we are today. It's, is so interesting. History, oh yeah. Yeah. Know? I think it's I cool it's- that, that you're making a, a new part of, you know, continuing a new part of this going back to like all the, the, the cons and things like the uh, mm-hmm. paracon, which actually sounds like one of the most terrifying dinosaurs I've ever heard in my <laughs> life. Um, how long did it take you to get to be, it kind of sounds like you are a trusted individual or, I don't know if you want to use the term expert I'm going to, cause I really know nothing about what you, what this field, uh, you know, you, you know so much about it, but how, how long did it um, take before people kind of considered you like an expert or somebody that, that they needed to, uh, you know, they wanted to hear this from.
3: Well, you know, that, that is one of the, that's one of the tough as well as one of the beautiful things about this, um, this subculture, if you will, is that, uh, You know, I see it there. There really are no experts. And if someone, you know, says they are, then you need to question that because we're all out here seeking something that's of the unknown, you know, and um, it's, you know, I've (laughs) got a. That's, you know, that's
0: I, the I guess, that's the first person to run away from is the guy that says uh, he or she's an expert
3: exactly <laughs> now you know I have been you know I have people when I was on the team they had me classified as their photo expert but that's only because my background was in photography and so it wasn't so much um, an, an expertise in paranormal photography but in normal photography just to determine what um, you know, what could be causing this showing up, uh, as far as debunking a picture or classifying it as unexplained. Um, but I've been in it, like I said, for, um, for just under a decade and, um, I've got a good reputation in the paranormal field. Um, and I've, you know, I do different kinds of cases. Um, a lot of the cases that you don't see on my episodes are residential homes where people will call me to come in and to to test things. Um, so what I do is I go in and I really I don't want to say I'm a skeptic because you know I've I've seen these things and so to me you know I can I, I never try to convince anyone I'll just put it out there and then it's up to you to decide if it's if it's there, but uh, or what or what you think it is. But I go into things a lot of the time thinking there's a logical explanation for stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I'll test different things. If a person calls me into their home, I'll check certain things like, you know, up in the attic, the drafts, um, you know, the wiring, that sort of stuff, just to see if there's certain things. And then just listening to them to see what their, their story is. And a lot of the time they call me in just to sort of... Not so much to get rid of what's there, but to maybe just kind of help prove that they're not crazy, you know, with what they're experiencing. And then um, personally, I think the mark of a good investigator is someone who can put the ego aside and contact. if if it's something that's past their um, level of expertise if you will um to contact someone who knows who specializes in that area and so um you know if somebody wants to get rid of a spirit in the house uh i don't claim to be able to get rid of spirits um there's someone that i will contact put them in contact with and they'll take it from there if if it's something that we deem to be negative or malevolent and um let them take it. I know several investigators who have taken that on themselves and it's not really gone too well. So, uh, it's not going well for the homeowner as well as the person who was doing the, uh, cleaning, if you will. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's taken a while. Um, but, uh, I have, um, gotten a, a, a good reputation in the community and, uh, like I said, it's mostly just, like I said, I'm not going to try to sit and say this is paranormal, but I will say, you know, it is something that I feel myself can't explain. And I welcome criticism too, as long as it's constructive, if somebody has an explanation for something that I I don't know, you know.
0: And then that's a good, I think that's a really good way to look at it because, You don't want to tell somebody uh, definitively what really can't be handed to them definitively. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, I think that's really a a good, honest way to say, listen, here's... here's here's the facts as I'm presenting them to you because this is the evidence that I have. And yeah, you run with mm-hmm. it. And I think that's actually a pretty good rather than trying to sell them on an idea that you might, even if, even if you're hundred <laughs> percent sure, like, you know what, like this isn't my home. You just, this is your home. You have to live here. You decide uh, yeah. <laughs> how cre- creepy you're going to make this uh, experience. And, and that's
3: what I tell people um, <clears throat> is uh, I'll have people contact me and I'll say, okay are you sure you want me to come in there? Because (laughs) I may find some things that, you know, you're the one that has to go to sleep at night. And, uh, you know, for me, I mean, I've, I, I don't get scared very easily. I get uneasy, but I don't really get very scared. But there's some things that, uh, you know, for me, the, the evidence that's just really compelling are the voices or the EVPs that we catch. And, um, you know it, if you're the only person in a location or if you're the only female and you catch a male's voice um or something that's says something really creepy or disturbing to yeah. you which I've had happen
0: yeah.
3: um those are the things that come to you when you lay down to go to sleep exactly. at night exactly and uh,
0: <laughs> you get PTSD you know, from uh <laughs> some thing a ghost said to you you know
3: Exactly. And so, um, you know, there's certain things that, I mean, I've looked at crime scene photos that, uh, some people have sent and that have had some very bizarre things in no the pictures. Uh huh. And those are things that, you know, when you lay down to go to sleep at night, some things are hard to unsee yeah. or hard to unhear. And, uh, yeah, you know, you just, um, that's what I will tell people. Cause I have put, I had some stuff going on in my house and I put a recorder out and got some voices. And, um, you know, so I'll tell them, it's like, you know, I will come in, I will do whatever, you know, if you want me to help to to prove that there's something going on and prove you're not crazy or debunk it, um, just need to be prepared that, uh, you may see or hear some stuff in your house that uh, you may not, you may not feel comfortable (laughs) with when you have to go to
0: bed at night. (laughs) Yeah, you might have to be wearing noise-canceling headphones for the rest of your life in your own home. So I I do actually have some miscellaneous questions that I've been writing down over the past few weeks. And that one of them was, um, have you taken a ghost home or had too close of an encounter? That obviously you don't get scared uh, being a six-foot-two badass woman, but, uh, you know you do get uneasy has something made you you know kind of feel like uh checking out early let's say um
3: you know um a lot of the stuff i've experienced have been more you know i'm a little more nervous from the human side of things you know the uh either the people that uh, are at these locations, because a lot of the locations are not always in the best areas, um, or sometimes, um, you know, there was one in particular had a rattlesnake problem.
0: Oh, uh, There's always that's a, lot of nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of spiders.
3: A lot of spiders. Those make me a little more nervous than uh, the spirits, but um, I did. I actually, uh, um, a case that we were working on that's uh, going to be on this season um, it, I won't give too much of it away, but it did make me, that's probably the only time that I've actually been uneasy in a location, uh, because some things started happening that, um, excuse me, that I could not explain. I mean, literally the floor was shaking. Um, and, uh, you know, so, and, and then just some of the, things that were occurring around um when i had some activity in my home uh, i had investigated uh, hells bar dam which is uh, not too far from here but um, <clears throat> it has some pretty crazy activity and the entity that it, that's in there doesn't really care for women um i had something follow me home and i caught some images on my security cameras that um uh, were a little disturbing and I hope to maybe release that at some point. Um, but, uh, yeah, that, that actually kind of bothered me. My, my house is split level and I caught what was, um, it's an entity following me and, uh, you see it and and I'm not a big orb person. A lot of the time I can debunk orbs. Um, but it was something that shot across the screen followed me, it raised up, so it had to be about six one six two and turned into what looked like the side profile of a face and was walking in behind me. And um, for about three weeks when I would go downstairs into my basement area, because um, that's the door that I would use to go in and out of my house, it made me very uneasy
0: um, just seeing that you know seeing it on the yeah. camera I know and, and damn cameras picking up you know all sorts of stuff that you, you don't see with the human eye and the naked eye it makes you wonder how many people in everyday life getting on the bus waiting on the corner sitting mm-hmm. under an old elm tree out in you know the middle of town that maybe someone was hung in, you know, a hundred years ago. It makes you wonder how much, um, I oddly enough, I just watched an episode, an old episode of The Ghost Whisperer a couple days ago. It just Mm -hmm. happened to be on when I was flipping through channels and I was kind of laughing because here's this bright and cheery little town that Jennifer Love Hewitt, I think, is the star, you know, Uh The Ghost Whisperer. And she's just sitting there and Uh this cute little town has ghosts all over you know so i'm thinking in real life Mm -hmm. i wonder if that's the case which kind of leads me to one of my next questions and i don't want to make light of this thing because i you know what you do is to me it's kind of like a doc those doctors that work with like um like hiv or cancer and then you accidentally expose yourself to it and now guess what you got so i'm thinking how how, yeah how you know much you're doing this for other people to kind of get a inside world and a historic view of these places, uh, when is it going to turn bad and follow you, you know, follow you home? So that's kind of a, that is kind of creepy, but,
3: um, Yeah, you have to be careful. You really do. And, uh, it's something, you know, you've got your thrill seekers and, uh, I think people sometimes will dabble in things that they shouldn't. Um, you know, one of, for me, one of the most important things I think that people need to, to really think about is to be prepared that um you know while it's fun and you know it's, it's a it can be a thrill seeking thing, um it can also be pretty serious too, dealing with some of this and uh you know stuff following you home, um, you know, dealing with, you know, matters of the spirit and that sort of thing. Um you know, I don't actively go seeking out demons like uh, you know, Zach and some of them will do on ghost adventures. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, you go looking for something, you never know what you're going to find, but, uh, I find that, uh, there, I've had some cases that I've had to step back from and, and take a break. You know, this past year, it's been very consuming because, you know, we've been working on season two since back in January and, um, you know, there comes a point in time where you can almost get obsessed with it, where, you know, you get a certain place or a certain case where, you know, stuff is happening and it just consumes you to try to find this answer or to um, find more evidence. And, you know, just to be healthy about it, you sometimes have to step back because, it can kind of take over, take over you in, in multiple ways. Um, and to, to answer your question, you know, you kind of have to, you kind of have to really monitor yourself and watch yourself because it can, you know, stuff can come home and, and, uh, get really just become your life, you know, if you're not careful.
0: Yeah, for sure. And
3: especially when people realize you do this, you know, because yeah. people might not talk about it, but then when they get you alone and they realize what you do, most everybody's <laughs> got a story. Yeah. And people want you to come check it out. And if you're not careful, you will always be going and checking houses and stuff out. And uh, it can it can become
0: unhealthy. Yeah, we have a listener in Tennessee back there that's a really big part of the show, and I hope that he um, hears this and and uh, maybe he's he'll submit a story this year for Spooky Spokes. Um, oh, nice! Yeah, going back to the uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt and Ghost Whisperer being in a really charming little town, but it's full of evil, right? Well, not evil. Right. It was full of weird weird stories. Sometimes they weren't even that uh, that that bad, but she they were just some weird little problem that had to get resolved so my question for you is do you think that every single haunting has to be the result of tragedy and um like not all periods of history or even a person's life if you're going to narrow it down to one story has to be super tragic but is it the is it with hauntings have you do, do you notice that it's is it the tragic periods that bring on like, is that what triggers these things to be unresolved and maybe like a spirit haunting? Is it, I mean, are these all related to tragedy or are there any that are just, um, an old lady lived here her whole life and died and now her ghost doesn't want to leave sort of thing.
3: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a mixture of things. And I think that's sometimes the difference between like a residual haunting and an intelligent haunting. Um, (coughs) excuse me. Um, yeah, I've had, uh, I can remember taking uh, piano lessons and uh, I took it at this, in this old, uh, u- it was a utopian society town um, that was British and um, nothing really tragic hey, Miranda, happened there. Hey, yes. can
0: I stop you real quick? I just had the weirdest thing. I sure. had somebody or something knocking on my garage. I want to pause the recorder real quick and go see what's up. I'm not, okay, sure. I'm not kidding either. I'll be right back. Okay All right I had to pause the recorder We are back That was creepy Something pounded On my garage door You say it's not unusual For things that happen When people are talking to you Huh uh,
3: That it has happened <sighs> Before Yeah You are You are like the <laughs> Either, ra-
0: rabbit's foot For uh, the spirits <laughs>
3: <laughs> Either you know Sometimes people will If we're doing a Facebook live They'll start having stuff Happen at their homes Or, or uh, Admit, we'll start acting kind of funny. Yeah, we've had uh, yeah, my, some stuff kind of happen When we're,
0: we're right talking when, Right when you said that, my internet your, your voice started to do like a jackhammer thing This is crazy, crazy. <laughs> um, You know, when you were talking about the ground shaking earlier I was like, oh, we could explain that in California It's called an earthquake out here But uh, where mm-hmm. you're, you know The places you're investigating That's some real deal stuff um, yeah, man, well that was creepy. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I've had a few things happen uh, in my life too. I'm not gonna share my ghost stories because I think I've already shared them on the show before. But I've had some creepy stuff happen, and yeah, it's not always fun and <laughs> fun no, and games. No, um, it's,
3: it's not. And I know. Uh, um, back to what you were saying with the question you asked me. Um, <clears throat> the um, you would ask if stuff always has to have a tragic. Um, Event to occur. Um, And my my theory on that is no. um, You know, I can give several examples, but one of them that does come to mind is uh, I was taking piano lessons um, back in this little town. It was a Victorian village, uh, utopian society. And um, they had, uh, I would be sitting there playing piano, and you would hear what sounded like a horse drum carriage pulling up through the driveway. She had this really long kind of lollipop shaped driveway. And uh I can remember one instance sitting there playing piano and hearing just this horse and carriage pull up and turning and saying something to her, just stop playing. And she was, you know, sitting there counting like your typical piano teacher. <laughs> yep. And she was like, no, don't worry. It happens from time to time. Just just continue. And so <laughs> – so, and there was nothing that was tragic that had happened with that.
0: Yeah, just to cross over <laughs> the times. And as somebody who's interested yeah. in like parallel – I'm, I'm interested – I don't know why, mm-hmm. but when, I, whenever I was a kid and I saw those Time Life books and they mm-hmm. were called The Paranormal or The Unexplained. And I actually had some when I was, got in like middle school or, or grade school. And um, they were talking about Curlian photography and all this stuff. That really got me into it when I was a kid. And then as I yeah. grew older, I, I grew into more of a skeptic, like you said. And there's a, there's a few things that have happened that I can't explain other than the empirical facts that were literally heard by more than myself. And, and uh, you know, even, even things that happen that I can't explain, I'll write off as like a weird phenomenon for that until I can find a better answer. But there are some things that have happened that are dead um, – unexplainable except for the fact that it could only be uh, right. a haunting of some sort. And I don't know if it's a haunting or like a crossing over of the two worlds or if there's a parallel universe that's happening and, and a portal between them or like somehow, you know, it, it's really weird to think about how this stuff occurs as a phenomenon. Cause if haunting, whether or not it's, Uh, A a ghost, whether or not it's a spirit Whether or not it's just another time Who knows, the fact that it's a phenomenon That can be recorded and stuff Is what I find really interesting Um,
3: Absolutely And something I've noticed And this is just me, but one of the things I've noticed when I'm listening To my recorder Is the fact that before These voices come through Sometimes it will sound like this popping Sound, Mm. almost like it's Popping through a veil or popping
0: okay, from right.
3: somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's something I've noticed. I don't know what the explanation um,
0: is. I think I've heard, it's like how Skype through the netherworld happens <laughs> or something. That's how, that's yeah. their signal. <laughs> that's their little notification <laughs> that you're going to incoming call. <laughs> um, yeah, man, that it's, it's interesting. Um, speaking of, you know, you were talking about, uh, you know, so, kind of mentioned that you've um, not you usually freaked out by stuff. Um, I heard you say that you've stayed some places alone though. I mean, did that freak you out at all? <laughs> Was that a little unnerving? Uh, <clears throat> and why? Yeah, and I, question number two, why the hell would you do that? Why would you go to some place that, you know, there's <laughs> something going on and then just stay alone?
3: You know, um, some of the stuff I've caught at these places when I'm alone, um, makes me not want to, stay there again you know <laughs>
0: yeah. I've slept in,
3: you know I slept in a solitary confinement in a prison um that was an interesting one that's actually something I'm that I'm gonna release this season um I had a lot of interaction there yeah. Uh, I what, you know, you
0: from. know, what's crazy is that the prisoners didn't want to stay in there alone either. And I'm, I'm wondering if the <laughs> fact that there's another person in there got some sort of response. Like, oh, my God, I spent so much time in here alone. Here's here's another soul in here now to, to reach out to. You know, that's kind of an interesting uh, thing to think about.
3: Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's you know, there's something about just in the moment. Um, it It's not that scary scary uh you know when I'm doing it but then after the fact when I'm sitting there listening to the evidence and and I'm just like oh my gosh why did I I do that you
0: know (laughs) what was I thinking man yeah um have you ever had an unexpected haunting or like an impromptu haunting just out and about doing maybe something totally you know you were out doing something else shopping or something and all of a sudden whammo it hits you and You don't realize that hauntings hit you. I
3: have actually. And, you know, I've been thinking about that recently. And I was was speaking with a friend um, because we were having a conversation uh, as to why, you know, certain places are haunted and everything. And and personally, I think we experience those sort of things, those uh, impromptu or unexpected hauntings, a little more than we realized because i think that with technology and just how fast-paced everything is on a daily basis i think that people don't really take the time to stop and listen or sit and pay attention so i think sometimes those sort of things happen a lot more than what we realize and we're just too busy to really pay attention
0: yeah well i you know this is kind of a weird um, correlation, but like my buddy had, uh, has cancer, just got over, uh, cancer and started, uh, trying to fight it this year. There was signs a long time ago and that's your, that's your own body. I mean, that's your own body telling you stuff and that's a major sickness. So yeah, uh, things like hauntings or like interactions that you're not expecting or scheduled on your iPhone calendar or whatever, you know, these days. Yeah. How would you even know? Like in retrospect, looking back, you might go, Oh my God, like those five times that this happened, you know, could have been this. And, and I mean, if this guy didn't even realize he had cancer and his body was telling him for like two years, then mm-hmm. yeah, something as inconsequential to us as a haunting, like how are you supposed to... No, when we can't even not look at instagram or something for five minutes you know so yeah you're right i mean yeah. I, I think i think probably i think yeah probably. i
3: think it's more common than what people realize and uh and then i think some people too just aren't open to it so when something happens they <clears throat> if they do catch on and they're not open to it they may just sort of put it in the back of their mind and kind of try to explain it away And and that's something we do anyways you know if we, the human body and the human mind tries to explain things, you know, so when we see something that's out of the ordinary, the mind tries to relate it to something that they they recognize. Yeah. And so, you know, I think that that happens again, I think that happens more than we realize. Yeah.
0: Especially if you don't have anything to base it off of, how, you know, you would yeah. never know. Um, I had one of the questions I have here is what's your creepiest taunt or creepiest ride? I don't think I want to know yet. I think I want to wait until season two comes out and I want to, um, watch, you know, I, cause I binged season one. So a lot of them kind of bled together, you know, and mm-hmm. I'm like, oh man, I need to go back and rewatch that, uh, again, um, before season two, I I know I've only got like a month, right? So I, I need to go yes. back and, and re, uh, revisit some of those <clears throat> because they were so cool. And, uh, I think I want to talk to you again after season two comes out and see if sure. I can figure out what your creepiest, uh, see if I can, from, from what I see, see if I can find out which one creeped you out most. So oh, I'm love that. i going to skip ahead to these other ones that are kind of, um, a little off the cuff. Okay. okay. You, wh- being a historian that you are and the, and the person type of person that researches the history and actually puts, I'm, I'm so impressed that you put in the time to go, do all the snooze work of reading, (laughs) reading histories and going through the logs and all this stuff to find the story that's there. Um, What is your favorite period of history? And if you could, you know, get on your 883 and push the magic button and have it take you back to that time, what time would you visit? Hmm. And if those are two different answers, then, you know, (laughs) if your favorite period of history is different than where you'd want to go, ghost exploring, you know, let me know.
3: Oh man, that's, that's, that's a, that's a great question. Um, you know, I'm, I'm fascinated. Uh, you know, I was recently pretty fat. I was, when I was up in Boston, um, I was pretty fascinated by the history of, um, you know, the time with the, uh, witch trials and mm, everything.
1: Yeah,
3: yeah. Um, you know, in, in a place that really struck me and I, I've done a vlog on it, but I've not released it yet. Um, I'm a runner, and so when I was up there, I was really drawn to the Boston Common. And, uh, you know, there's all this history in the Boston-Salem area, but um, when, you, when you really look at the history of the Boston Common, which is this awesome place um, that was created for the people there, um, but during the Puritan times, every Sunday they would have a hanging
0: after church. <laughs> well, they didn't have TV. They had to do something.
3: Exactly. (laughs) And it was just kind of one of those common things. They would get out of church, and then they would pack their lunch and go to the park and uh, eat their lunch and have their hanging. And so...
1: (laughs) Sounds so joyful. (laughs)
3: Exactly. You know, same way with like the Civil War down here. I've always been fascinated with the Civil War and how, you know, they would, I mean, I guess it's kind of a Southern thing. They would uh, pack their lunches and they would go sit over the battlefield and watch the, watch the war. Um, you know, it, I don't know. Those two, those two different eras um, have fascinated me just because, uh, you know, the, the witch trials and the Puritan era era, just because it's, um, gosh, I'm trying to think of how to explain it because it was just sort of this normal, casual tragic thing (laughs) yeah yeah
0: and the puritans Um, were so stoic about well at least their writings their writings kind of indicate that they were like yeah i mean god dang to sit down there and and just like it's normal to go hang somebody or drown them to see if they're a witch or whatever
3: (laughs) yeah just just to think these these common things that we do today that would be so heinous to them. Um, it was just so normal to just, you know, we'll just put them to death, um, you know. And then also, like I said, the the, the Civil War era uh, that was always really fascinating to me because because it's history of where I'm from, and then also just the fact that there was such a division between these families. Oh yeah, and just the strife that was there. Um, but then also, you know, something I've not really uh done you know is is a lot of uh like i said i've traveled all over the u.s there's only like i think six states i've not been to but um, have you been out here to cali i've not that's actually a bucket list yeah i'm hoping to actually come out around christmas and uh, i want to ride the pacific coast highway
0: oh yeah that's a, that's a fun yeah. one Christmas is a good time to do it Because during the summertime Everyone and their mom rides on that And it's, mm-hmm. it's actually no fun But um, okay. but yeah, if you come out You have to uh, And I don't know where you plan on starting But if you start down in San Diego the Whaley House is down there, which was like the very first oh. courthouse and city hall and, and everything, you know. That was uh, was established the city of San Diego when it was, I think, still Mexican territory. I think. Um, and oh, okay. I, and, I, and I've been there. It's a pretty cool house, and there's uh, a lot of um, activity there for people that visit a lot. Like I went there, you know, and it was it was just cool to see for me. Being a historical nerd, it was cool to see how people lived a couple hundred years ago before California was even a state. And uh, it was interesting enough without any haunting phenomenon. So the the people that go there enough, I guess, experience a lot of stuff. I've also been to the Winchester House— Up north, oh, I'd
3: love to go there. And that's
0: another one you got to visit. That one is so crazy, and I actually did get kind of creepy vibes there. um Didn't get any at the Whaley House, but at the Winchester House, I got creepy vibes. And the old woman Winchester built it, kind of creepy. You know, what I'm saying, like she was <laughs> yeah. a, definitely haunted by something. So she built that house, and it, it, you feel it.
3: Well, uh, my dad's been out there and um, I'm, I'm wanting to go out there and uh, I'd love to go to Alcatraz as well. Oh, that's just, a good
0: one, too. Yeah, Alcatraz yeah. is great. <coughs> totally didn't yeah, think I'm about that. To what make it, it out there. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I know you've been to Brushy State. Hell, Alcatraz, mm-hmm. one of the most famous ones, I totally forgot about that. Yes. And, and that has so much history even up till recently and like in the 70s when the um, American Indian movement took it over you know what I'm saying like they mm-hmm. lived there for a while there's so much stuff that's happened to Alcatraz up until uh, this past uh, century um, yeah
3: and and that's some of the places I would like to you know to hit you know when you would ask how far out I'd gone, i gone I totally forgot I've, I've been out to the Stanley in Colorado mm. and uh, investigated out there
0: wait 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 uh, is that where they filmed the Shiny?
3: They fi- they well it was based on uh, this the Stanley Hotel. Okay. They f- they filmed um, the first one was uh, Kubrick Stanley Kubrick's version, and uh, I think it was filmed. I may be wrong, but I believe it was actually filmed in Washington.
0: Oh, okay. okay. Uh,
3: but now um, I may be wrong on that. But they filmed the second one that they they had on TV. Um, They filmed it there actually at the Stanley, but it was based on there. He had stayed in that hotel.
0: Yeah. And that
3: place is creepy.
0: Yeah. My wife uh, visited there or maybe they stayed there uh, when she went out with uh, one of her friends moved to Colorado and I think they went there and went hiking and she stayed there. And uh, yeah, I think, Pretty hundred percent sure they stayed there, and they said it was like, man, this place was creepy. And then Renee told me they yeah. filmed The Shining there, and I, she's never seen The Shining. And I said, oh my god, like, good thing you oh. don't have that to go off of. Like, you would oh. have been even more creeped out. But yeah,
3: that's that one of my favorite movies. Yeah,
0: um, you know, I should I should have uh, made that one of the questions. Um, the reason I asked you what your favorite period of history and what time you'd like to visit was because I was thinking you might. If you could, would you have traveled back in time to one of the places that you've investigated to verify that the facts of the haunting were true? And, you know, I was just talking to my buddy over this weekend um, about the monk episode, and I don't want to give anything away um, for anybody that hasn't gone out and had the time to watch these yet, although you can do it on your lunch break. I don't know why you're not doing it. But I was explaining the missing monk um, story to him and, and your investigation on that, and, um, you know, if you could, would you go back in time and see, would you, would you want to know that this, uh, it did happen and this is the, the facts of this case and then you can lay it to rest and there's no longer speculation. Cause honestly, some of the stuff, um, you investigate is, you know, you'll never know the answer to without being able to mm. travel back in time and actually, you know, definitively prove it.
3: Absolutely, because with that one, that one was a tricky one because um, my research was spotty on that um, as far as, like, um, I was able to find, you know, when the train crashed, um, and I was able to correlate that with the, the great flood that they had in Chattanooga, and it reached, you know, the surrounding areas. So I was able to um, corroborate the stories of the train wreck as well as the flood. And get that date. Um, I wasn't able to find very many records as far as people who were on the train. Yeah. And the rumor is that this monk uh, boarded the plant, uh, boarded the train in. Uh, my mind's going blank. I think it was uh, Maryland, and uh, <clears throat> he was supposedly traveling from Maryland down to New Orleans. <clears throat> I'm sorry, I'm getting over a cold. Yeah, <laughs> tickling. Uh, <clears> throat tickling. Um, anyways, he, or no, I'm yeah. He had boarded the train um, in that area, and what was really, really interesting was, you know, we investigated the, and and you may or may not have noticed this, but we investigated at the uh, train crash site, and then we also investigated at the home. And while I was at the train crash, I got the name Chrisom. And um, and so when I was at the home, I got the name Chris. And, you know, I investigated those at two different times. And so I kept note of that. And while I was doing my research after the fact, uh, and I've mentioned this at several of the uh, different paracons that I've spoken at is that, I went and I was researching Chrisom and that was actually a popular name, but a popular last name between 1865 and 1870. And the train wreck wreck happened between that that time period. I think it was 1868. And um, so the name was popular in Wisconsin as well as Massachusetts, which maryland massachusetts pretty close to each other um just because he boarded the train in maryland doesn't mean that that was where he was from yeah so um it was just kind of an interesting fact um when you're in a thing where you are you know when you can't really find all the answers and you get something um and you're able to kind of tie it to tie it loosely this to uh other evidence that you find, uh, is, is pretty cool. So yeah, I would love to go back and, and see, cause again, I'm, I'm open to disproving, um, as well as being able to prove what yeah. what I found. So that would actually be really Wouldn't cool.
0: Wouldn't that be crazy to find out that they got reversed. And again, I'm not going to give anything away here, but to find out that the monk had done the doctor dirty and that was the doctor's skull. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know how that yeah, would have worked. Yeah. But <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I, if one thing, I mean, if you're a historian and you want to, there's something that's just not documented, you know, let's face it, there wasn't a uh, webcam every five feet, you know, <laughs> even 50 years ago. So going back a couple hundred years or a hundred years and finding out this history is can be, it's a chore that you're really taking on um, amicably. And I, I got to give you credit, man. Like it takes a lot of research just to get the not whole story. It's got to be frustrating at sometimes. It Um, is.
3: And, and, you know, to, to me, um, you know, it's, I enjoy the research of it, but it can be frustrating when you only get parts, parts of the story, uh, and then you're having a hard time kind of linking it up. And, and to what you were saying, um, you know, some of these stories, aren't even written down. Some of them are just word of mouth um, from the old timers. And, you know, if you don't have, you know, my grandma, and that's where all this started was my, my grandma was always telling me stories. And it's like if the if you don't write some of these down or if you don't sit and listen to them, um, those stories can actually pass away with that person. Yeah, they do. So, yes, yeah. yeah, some of these facts that we're getting um, – they can be hard to actually go back and find the answers to because there's nothing more than just story that's been passed along Mm -hmm. by word of mouth for years.
0: Yeah. Um, I think Alan Lomax was a guy that went through the Appalachians in, I forget what years, I think the fifties and sixties and tried to get these people that were around from the twenties to the sixties. And, catch this music before it died and catch the colloquial, the dances and all this stuff, right? And compile Mm -hmm. them. And that's the only reason that we know some of these blues and folk and traditional artists is because somebody actually hiked, did the due diligence of hiking back into the, through the tick infested forest to this little cabin where somebody lived and recording it and that's not going to happen with these ghost stories unless you know people like right. you and and uh, some of the other people that are really reaching into the local histories goes back and does this stuff soon because like you're saying these people are are passing away um, yeah. yeah that's a, uh, that's kind of why i wanted to know if you if you would want to go back if you had the opportunity to reach back in time would you go and just put your little recorder on and see if this actually happened. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> right.
3: Uh, any opportunity. And and I often think like that when I go to these places, um, you know, I like to just take time when I go in, you know, and just, I mean, sometimes it's a, okay, we got to hurry. We got to get this set up. We got a limited amount of time, but that's why I like to go in and really just sit and listen. Cause I like to try to put myself
0: back yeah. in
3: that time, you know, and,
0: yeah, and that's uh, yeah, you
3: can, It's, it's pretty cool.
0: Um, I'm, I don't want to keep you too late. I know it is, is it almost midnight back there?
3: No, it's just 11. Okay,
0: just 11. Spoken like a true <laughs> night owl. I'm assuming that you uh, spend some late nights out there, not only editing stuff, but out on these sites. Um, Absolutely. You are a runner, you're a ghost investigator, you're a designer, marketer, a historian, but you're also one hell of a photographer, and I love the stuff that you've been drawing. Um okay so you're a pretty incredible artist um, what is your background in art now you're I know you say you're in marketing and design so some <clears throat> somewhere there you've got uh, an artist eye that truly makes you a fit for this show as creative writing that you uh, you do some pretty creative stuff on your motorcycle but you're also a really creative person. Um, what's your background with all that stuff? And what I'm, I guess kind of what I'm getting at too, is that if people want to see some of these places that you've gone to, they can actually buy some cool prints that you've made from your drawings. Yeah. So, so what's your background? where did you, where did you get into drawing? I mean, you're super good. Some of these things look like black and white pictures and then I'm looking at it going, no, that's pen and ink. <laughs> so.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, uh, I've drawn all my life yeah, okay. and, uh, my, uh, my degree is in, uh, advertising. And uh, marketing and so uh, uh, my adult job I'm, I'm marketing director at a company and um, uh, so I've always kind of had this artistic background and uh, I minored in art and so, um, so yeah I like to go anytime you know uh, part of my thing that I do is just you know to kind of relax is to just sit and draw but um, over the last little bit When I would go to these locations, because most of these places, you know, they're abandoned and they've got really cool character behind them, uh, behind the architecture itself. Um, I like to draw the places that I investigate. And so um, it kind of helps me feel connected to, you know, what I'm doing. You know, what better way than, you know, sit and spend five or six hours Drawing something, right? Um, to make you really feel connected to it, and uh, so yeah, I've I'm, I've got quite a few more drawings coming out that I've been working on, and uh, and and then you know the photography, but the artwork, the artwork is um, it was secondary to the photography, but uh, with what I'm about to release pretty soon, um, it's going to kind of overtake that. <laughs>
0: well yeah and the photography kind of is what got you into ghost hunting right um evaluating some you know Mm -hmm. not so uh original looking things on these or can you can you make sure this isn't (laughs) a ghost is this a is this a piece of dust right yeah
3: yeah Yeah, i was approached um i was approached at one of my jobs uh by the founder of the team I used to be a member of. And he, uh, he saw my background in photography. And so he asked if I would look at some pictures and really just to kind of debunk or have a logical explanation for what was going on in the pictures. And so he just kept kind of sending me those. And then I started investigating with them and, and uh, they welcomed me onto the team. And, and then um, <clears throat> through that, I just, uh, you know, kept looking at their photography, people would submit photography and, uh, yeah, cause, um, you know, and then to take it to an artistic side, um, any opportunity that I wasn't sitting in the office, I was always out on my motorcycle and out taking pictures of these places, um, and then doing the drawings. So, so yeah, it's, uh, You know, it kind of keeps it light for one thing. You know, yeah. Um, And I'm able to use these to kind of tell an even deeper story. Um, I'm hoping that in season two, this was the goal of season one, but everything just kind of grew and took off quicker than I had intended. But with each episode that's being released, um, I will be a couple days after it releases releasing photos and uh, a blog if you will that basically says you know if you if you liked what i was talking about in this episode about this town then you can kind of get a little more information about the town and view the history through um some more information that i have as well as through my photographs
0: yeah and drawings yeah and then also throw a few bucks back in the the Ghost uh, Biker Explorations coffers, because I'm sure rim yeah. pods and laser grids aren't free. You know what I'm saying? Like, it sounds yeah. like you've checked a little bit of dough into this uh, career that you I have. have. Yeah, it's,
3: The whole thing has been self-funded. Um, you know, I've been actually really blessed because, <clears throat> because I do have the artistic background. So the logo, um, yeah. the merchandise that I have, it's all, I've been able to design it myself. And then, uh, yeah. And then the, the money that where I sell, I've got some shirts and hats for sale as well as my artwork. And, um, uh, I hope to have more photographs up there soon. Cause I have a ton of them. I just haven't put them up. Yeah. Yeah. But. Um, but yeah, the money from that I use to, to fund my traveling right. as well as putting the episodes
0: out. Lean on that degree, girl. Do it. Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess my final question for you before you know, I don't want to keep you up all night. You probably have ghosts to explore and, and talk to. <laughs> um, where? What do you want to do with ghost biker biker explorations? I'm going to start doing this now. Ghost biker explorer. I'm going to start messing it up. <laughs> uh, so, ghost biker explorations let's say like after this year um do you got any do you have any big plans do you like do you want to get funding do you want to get sponsors do you want to uh take it you know nationwide international like what are your plans for this or, or is it just kind of a you know stay the course and and do the things that matter to to you not necessarily what matters to you know get in ghost famous you know
3: Mm -hmm. Well, um, you know, I I mentioned it earlier that, you know, this this is sort of taken off further and faster, (coughs) excuse me, further and faster than we had originally uh, expected it to. And so we're still working through everything. But, um, you know, I've got an event with uh, Harley coming up um, for National Ghost Hunting Day, which has been really cool because they they approached me And, um, I, I can't say a whole lot about it, but we released a video. Um, we recently signed a contract, um, that when I can give more information out, I will. Um, that's sort of taken the show to the next level, but, um, you know, I want to just kind of see where it would go. Um, you know, for me, history and preservation is, is, Key in uh, yeah. you know some of the photographs that I've taken have actually helped to um, put some of these uh, locations, one in particular, on the National uh, Historic Registry. So um, you know, doing doing things like that to to promote tourism and history um, of these different locations is something that I can see as an avenue for this. Um, I think there are several options, uh, of ways that this can go. So we're just going to keep on keeping on and, (laughs) and, uh, (laughs) yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, I love it. And, uh, I think that's the best way. I think that's what the longest lasting, um, you know, sort of work environments last that way. The ones that, the ones that, uh, flourish and, and then die out before they even really had a chance because they didn't look far enough ahead or they didn't have an, enough of mm-hmm. a base. I think that pretty much you kind of summed it up. Is it, you know, let it do its thing, let it breathe and then see where it goes. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, right now we're just reaching, reaching a whole different group of people. Um, by especially like doing this podcast tours and everything, of uh, you know, Talking to people that you know, not really other people in the paranormal community are are doing. And I feel like the fact that you know, riding the motorcycle and uh, also really appealing to the the history buffs has given me that opportunity to do that. And so um, the main thing is getting the word out about what we're doing and introducing people to. Um, to that historical side um, of things, you know, something we've really done um, that we didn't do in past episodes. This first episode is, is going to be pretty epic and something that uh, I think um, your listeners can really appreciate is the fact we've really kind of paralleled riding on this uh, specific road with uh, uh, the specific location that we're investigating in this first episode. So it's uh kind of two part. It really, well, it's really three cause it hits the uh, history buff as well, but it really hits the, the biker as well as the paranormal investigator with a location that they can visit to either do both, you know, do one or the other. Perf- um,
0: yeah. That's perfect. We tied
3: it together. Perfect.
0: Yeah. Uh, perfect recipe there. Cause then you're drawing in both audiences. I like that.
3: Absolutely.
0: Um, god you know you have if anybody goes to your facebook page um they can see your schedule you've got a maddening schedule coming up here um can you give us some of your contact info your show info and then if uh if people do want to know like national ghost hunting day who knew you know what i'm saying but it's out there (laughs) and you're doing something huge for it so Um, first of all tell us yeah why don't you tell us about that what when is National Ghost Hunting Day and what are you going to be doing where can people actually come see you in person on that day
3: sure yeah National Ghost Hunting Day is September 28th and it's also the uh, day where they have they have the largest uh, world's largest ghost hunt so all these different teams go to these different locations and participate in uh, live ghost hunts. But what we're doing is um, Harley is actually hosting me. It's uh, white lightning Harley Davidson in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Uh, they are having, we're having a red carpet event with them. It is the early release of my episode one for season two. We're having this big bash Where we're it's going to run from eleven to four, or excuse me, eleven to three Eastern Time, and folks will be able to come out. They'll be able to meet me. They'll get free music, or uh, well, free music and free food. Um, The whole event is going to be free. Uh, We've got a band performing for the first hour and forty five minutes, and then at one o'clock we'll go in and we will premiere the first episode of season two.
0: Man, that's awesome. I wish I was was back there on uh, Ghost Hunters I know,
3: I know. I wish you guys were coming out. And the timing is actually actually really good because um, the fact that it's 11 to 3, it's early enough to where people who are participating in any of the National Ghost Hunting Day festivities, they'll be able to either get to their location or pass on through... Uh, to wherever they're going, and still be able to participate. So it's early enough in the day to be able to do that. So we're expecting people from all over, and it's going to be a real big party. We're going to have a roundtable discussion afterwards, where Josh and I will, you know, talk about kind of things like what you and I talked about, as well as uh, any questions anyone has from the first episode. I'll be giving away a lot of Ghost Biker merch. Um, it's, it's going to be a really big event and unlike anything that, uh, anyone has done before with, uh, with this.
0: Yeah, man, that is insane. That is so cool and crazy. And, um, the distinguished gentlemen's rides happen in the next day. And you know what, if I could schedule, (gasps) if I could schedule it for, uh, Tennessee, I would I would venture riding back there for just for ghost hunters day. And then (laughs) I I don't think I'm going to pull that one off, sadly. Uh, but Uh, Oh man, that sounds like so much fun. And it's so cool to see support from everybody knows that the, uh, Harley Davidson dealerships are famous for their free food and free music. Um, they try to do like a a cool kind of just friends hanging out. It's better than bike night because Mm -hmm. there's a lot more stuff going on than, than your typical bike night. And uh, yeah, you just go hang out, and so to have that on top of uh, just a cool, fun event, just to have have the uh, oh, a yeah. premiere, a season premiere, on top of all that, just puts the uh, the icing on the cake. Um, Yeah, it's
3: it's just going to be different. And, uh, you know, we're telling people, you know, all bikes are welcome. It's not just a Harley event. Uh, And then if you don't ride, that's cool. You know, uh, I'm encouraging different paranormal teams to bring their cards (laughs) and use it as a networking event. Nice. Uh, Different. We've got we're hoping to have a big female riding presence. Uh, I've contacted some of the different riding organizations in the tri-state area and invited them, and telling them, "Hey, bring your information. Let's use this as a big networking opportunity to get people who, you know, are writers, who aren't writers, who just love history, or who are investigators. You know, just a just a really cool event that that uh, we can all kind of get together and get to know some uh, different people that you might not uh, associate with on a on a daily basis. You yeah." Know,
0: I think it'd be- they're really cool. That, that is actually cool. bringing multiple worlds together and yeah. hey, use this to get a start on this ghost biker rallies thing. The ghost ghost See? rally. <laughs> that's a great idea. I think that's a good idea. Nice. You know? Um if people want to contact you and if people want to find the show and find you um, on the internet where can we go and um, I want all your the show info mostly I want people to go and watch this just because they're such fun I I had a blast Uh, like I said I binged them you know and I need to go back and take a little time because uh they all started to blur together in my brain so I'm like man I need to like stretch these out and really get (laughs) into the story of each one um so yeah where can we find you online
3: yeah so I'm very active on Facebook just because that gives me the opportunity to be able to to really, you know, communicate with uh, the people who, who uh, follow my page, um, ghost biker explorations on Facebook. Um, I'm also they can watch all the episodes there, all the previous ones, um, ghost biker explorations on YouTube. Um, I'm, you know, obviously you can't communicate as well, through that, as uh, as on Facebook, um, I'm also active on Instagram as Runaway Vixen, and um, I need to be a little more active on Twitter. But I'm also on there under Ghostbiker Explorations, and then also on my website www.ghostbikerexplorations.com. And the new episodes, the new episodes are going to drop. On October first, there will be a new episode every Tuesday night at nine PM Eastern Standard Time, and then um, and they'll release every Tuesday through the month of October. Now, if you come to the uh, Harley event on September twenty eighth, you'll be able to see the first episode before everyone else. Nice. Um, yeah, and then we'll have some supplemental, you know, stuff there. Um, Maybe releasing after the season comes out. Um, but yeah, th- those are the best places. Catch up on past episodes and keep an eye out for the new. And then, of course, I've got my podcast schedule on uh, on Facebook.
0: And- yeah, and it's gnarly. You you're, you're going to be talking to some, <laughs> some great ones. You talk to some questionable pe- people like the Will Nerds. <laughs> and Chuck, I'll see you at IMS. But um but yeah, Ted from uh, Motorcycle Man, he's a great interview. He'll be he'll be a lot of fun to talk to. And uh, gosh, I went and listened to um I just searched Miranda Young in iTunes and guess what? You already pop up on a lot of stuff from oh, really? I guess last year or, or earlier this year. Um, yeah. And you've been on some pretty interesting shows, let me just say. But I did listen to the uh, <laughs> the talk spoopy one recently, and I think you had a, your a cold then. And man, you, it's, it's it's took a bite out of you because you're still. It has. It. I'm,
3: yeah, it's been for about three weeks now. Yeah. Um, I don't typically get sick, but man, this one. I don't know if I don't know if the spirits knew that I was going <laughs> to have to be using my voice a lot, yeah. but. It just, man, it hit and I lost my voice, and, and, uh, and that was a tough one. And I've just, it's hung on and it's just been this little tickle that every time I talk, it, yeah. uh, makes me start coughing.
0: But, you got uh, a little spirit in you. I'm going to start a show. I'm going to send you a, um, <laughs> I forget what they're called, but like an, a, a, an outline for a show called Ghost Doctor where, you know, somebody comes in with oh. a ghost inside them and, and you have to figure <laughs> out who it is and help them fix it. Um, yeah, well, That sounds pretty cool. <laughs> I hope that's not the case. But yeah, I can't wait for season two. I am going to call you back and uh, try and find like out, see if I can figure out what, the, what I if I can see that you get creeped out by something and it sounds like you, you know, it sounds like you're going to be putting some of that in season two. Um, and I'll yeah, see what I can and, find out what your creepiest ride is.
3: Yeah. Season two, you know, it's, it's pretty crazy, you know, talking about technological difficulties and, <clears throat> and all that and getting sick. It's like every single thing I've done, there has been something, you know, that's, uh, uh, happened and, uh, everything from, Getting a uh, concussion, to uh, <laughs> cutting the tip of my pinky off oh, while God. filming with a drone. Yeah,
0: it's <laughs> yeah, I know. I heard you were packing heat in some of the places you go. And I mean, yeah, I guess Absolutely. I guess the living are way more dangerous than the dead. But it still sounds like there's a variety of challenges that can pop up no matter what. Huh?
3: There, there is. You know, people. Uh, a lot of these abandon, You know. The commercial ones is one thing, and they're still pretty unsafe. But some of these others, uh, abandoned buildings, you know, you just don't know what you're going to get into. And uh, being a female riding by themselves too, that has its own hazards. But
0: uh, (laughs) I can imagine. But but Uh, yeah, it's it's
3: been great, and I've I've met some some really cool people along the along the way. Uh, So yeah, and again, like you said, had some pretty interesting podcasts.
0: Yeah. No, there, and it's cool. And like I said, at the top of the interview, I tried to come up with a bunch of questions that nobody had asked, but then the more and more, uh, I listened. I mean, you've been on so many shows that everybody has their own set of questions and it's really hard to find something new. i I, I knew you had talked about your sporty 7,000 times and I was like, man, <laughs> I, I still have to ask you what you ride. So people know, you know what you're doing no, your job you know. on.
3: The, the paranormal folks don't really ask a lot about the motorcycle side. So, you know, it's just kind of mentioned. Um, so this is, I've really enjoyed this to be able to talk about the bike because, you know, what's really cool about it is I feel like, you know, and, and you may do this as well, but, you know, it riding is so relaxing for
0: yeah. me. Oh, yeah.
3: And uh, I'm, I'm a very uh, introspective kind of person. And so when, when I'm on my bike, I'm often running through ideas of things I want to ask whenever I'm, you know, quote, you know, essentially interviewing the spirits, um, you know, or different techniques I want to do, or just kind of running through scenarios. So, um, you know, being on that bike, having that alone time really kind of gives me that time to be able to process a lot and then after the investigation to be able to sort of process what was going on you know did this really happen you know what could that have really been so
0: yeah
3: um you know they don't really touch on that a whole lot and um being a biker i know that uh, you guys will kind of understand just how that can kind of play into this you know it kind of helps Get you out of your own
0: head. Yeah, they don't call it two wheel therapy for nothing. That's right. uh, Unfortunately, when I'm on my bike, I always ask myself the stupidest questions in the world, and I have (laughs) the worst dialogues ever. Or they're not (laughs) even monologues. I'm just talking to myself, arguing with myself. Mm -hmm. You know, pickles.
3: Yeah, if people could hear what
0: was going on in my helmet. You know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, people were knew what I was saying to my helmet. They'd probably run me off the road. They'd be like, oh, my God, this guy's nuts. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, it's, uh, it's almost 1130 your time, so it's almost the witching hour. Time for you to get out there and uh, talk to some more ghosts. Really <laughs> kind of a dumb question when is the best time to go ghost hunting? Is it at night or is that just because people are, free, you know, being the primordial monkeys that we are, um, our brain is programmed to seek shelter at night. And so everything at night seems more amplified and, and scary. Is it, is is the daytime or nighttime best for ghost hunting?
3: Uh, it's different. Um, depending on the place, you know, um, some, some activity, there are certain places that will have like, um, for instance, I spent the night in this, this, uh, abandoned hospital and, you know, we would get different things in the middle of the night. Like when shift change would come, it would have a lot of residual activity. Um, and then like in the mornings, the activity was different because, you know, you would have, um, breakfast time. People were essentially getting up and, uh, milling around and everything. Um, it tends to. I like to, to ghost hunt at night because it gets it's quieter. Um, a lot of the places that where there's you know they might have noise pollution from highways mm. yeah, or yeah. from people just out and about. So it's it's quieter. Yes, it does tend to kind of give a creep factor. Um, but to be honest, I prefer um, if I can. I actually prefer to go to hunt during the late evening or very early morning hours uh, and when I say morning like the daylight hours um, because it is different um, it, it just really depends on the place you know sometimes some places I've been to a couple places that are active you know 24/7 it's just a different type of activity and then I've been to a few others it almost seems like around between three and four four and five, it's almost like somebody cuts a light switch on and the activity just stops, hmm, yeah. um, you know? So, but the whole myth about being better to hunt at night, it's, it's mostly just because it's just quieter.
0: Yeah. Okay. That totally makes sense. And I mean, it's probably harder to see your laser grid at night and to manipulate a flashlight visibly from a different room. And you know I'm saying? To see like that happening, Uh, in in a dark environment you could see it if you were in another room where like in the daytime you'd have to be standing right there by it to see that
3: exactly and you know a lot of the time you know people will talk about um being completely in the dark being creepy and and it is creepy just being in the dark alone however um you know i kind of like to have just a little bit of ambient light because to me that helps to see shadow figures Mm, and stuff mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. And it's a little creepier because, you know, you see that thing over in the corner and, you know, is it a chair with some stuff stacked on it or is it a person, you know? So having that little bit of ambient light, you know, when it's dark, it's dark. You don't see anything. You might feel it if it touches you. But, yeah, I like to have a little bit of light.
0: Are there times you wish that you weren't on your motorcycle?
3: Hmm. Uh, you know, there's been a time or two. Um, I've been on some creepy back roads. Uh, I took a friend from Florida on a back road <clears throat> in a very, very haunted, strange area a few weeks ago. And it was probably the darkest night. And, you know, we weren't going to go through that way. Uh, it was a back road, um, very, very woodsy, very, very mountainous, um, very, very backwoods. And, um, you know, the, the conversation kind of went, we were going to go and we decided not to. And then as we were heading back, I said, Hey, you want to go somewhere creepy? <laughs> and, uh, she's like, okay, sure. So I'm like, okay, you know, it's, it's uh, creepy enough. You might need a waiver, uh, saying that I'm not responsible for whatever happens. And, uh, there was a couple times I was having some issues with my throttle sticking and, um, right when i got in the middle of it i was kind of wishing i wasn't on my motorcycle yeah
0: no i get it and you know out in the middle of nowhere with no street lights and just two motorcycle headlights to show you where you're going that is creepy enough and that's what i call the hairy hand of doom when you no longer have control of your throttle mysteriously um yeah (laughs)
3: that was that was and it was probably it was right around midnight and uh you know, we were – of course, she was pretty freaked out because she was like, you know, if somebody comes rushing up behind us, I'm leaving you. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I needed to my, – yeah. my throttle cable was actually popping loose was the problem. Oh, and yeah. uh, I was trying to adjust it while I was riding because
0: – I did not want to stop yeah hell no uh, hell no no thanks yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no way out here that's in the middle of the of woods yeah. man yeah 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 that's good hey anybody listening right now spooky spokes is coming up this is the type of stories we are looking for and yes. hey international ghost hunters day what better day if you're not going to be in the area and I know we've got a couple of listeners in Tennessee that I personally know of I'm gonna command you guys um, to go down there. Nay, I compel you go, go down there to uh, Harley Davidson's and check out, uh, you know, go visit Miranda, say hi, tell her you heard it here, and join one of these biker ghost rallies that she's going to start. Rolling rallies, yeah. <laughs> rolling rallies <laughs> going on. Yeah, uh, we're some cool explorations. actually
3: having a uh, really cool event. Um, I did a, a podcast with uh, the guys from the Furlough podcast. Uh-huh. Um, they're out of Birmingham, Alabama. And uh, they actually approached me from a paracon that I was doing down in Alabama. They were just going just out of just human interest, you know, hey, let's go to a Bigfoot convention. So um, one of them approached me. We did a podcast and uh, it was really really good really great guys and uh, they're actually hosting um an event for me in two weeks at uh, club south in birmingham and uh, we're hoping to have a very big it's going to be set up like a bike night nice. uh, and uh, the leaders uh, oh, Birmingham, yeah. Okay. Ones, yeah they're they're going to be coming and uh we got a couple cycle shops that are are giving some stuff away um a brewery is doing a um, tap takeover so that's going to be on september 14th at uh um Club South in Birmingham, Alabama
0: Nice so Man, that'd this be cool. all sounds fun Just because you like riding And you like doing something interesting Not just saying, yeah. hey, check out my bike, man You're like, no, I'm uh, exploring ghosts on this thing And uh, what you know about it <laughs> so, <laughs> Exactly Alright, well, hey, we're going to let you go Before it turns into one o'clock And then you're explaining to your boss tomorrow Why some <laughs> crazy guy in, in California Kept you up all night And uh, it's been a pleasure having you on i really i'm looking so forward to season two coming out and i'm gonna go brush up again on season one watch them a little bit slower while i wait anxiously and awesome. then in the meantime all you jerkwads that are listening to this listen to everything that she has said she's given a ton of uh, tricks and tips and some good advice in in uh, my opinion go out there and find uh, a spooky spoke and and just get out on two wheels and explore something crazy you've never been to before. And uh, listen to Miranda, listen to what she said. And um, we'll catch you on the flip side. Um, hopefully, we'll have somebody stop by Tennessee and uh, tell you hi from your event.
3: Yes, I hope so. Um, I
0: beh- hope so. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for hanging out with us, and uh, we'll see you. Well, we'll talk to you um, after season two comes out. How's that?
3: Absolutely. Looking all forward to
0: it. All righty. Thanks, Miranda. Thank you. Billy Guy Builds Motorcycle Washing
1: Services. Give Billy a try. Hi, Billy Guy Bell. You give me water and a bucket, I'll wash your motorcycle. it will be good clean. Billy Guy Build, getting motorcycles cleaned since 25 weeks ago. Billy Guy Builds, located in Burt Town. Hi, Billy, get your... Motorcycles Berkeley. Billy washes baggers, cruisers, naked bikes, sport bikes, drag bikes, scooters, monkey bikes, mini bikes, bikes that don't even run. Call Billy now, 555 billy You call me and uh, book your appointment to wash more bikes. That's Billy Guybeld's Motorcycle Washing Services. Just outside of Luckerville, Bloyton, and Stancran. In Blimey Town. Billy Guybeld's Motorcycle Washing Services. Don't forget it, punk.
3: Yeah, bitch.
0: No pickle has been more trusted by motorcycle champions everywhere than Clawman Pickles. You want to win your race? Put a Clawman pickle in your face. Clawman's
1: guaranteed. I'm Mama Clawman, and I recommend Clawman Pickles for the win. You heard Mama? Put a Clawman's in your mouth and a championship trophy on your shelf. Clawman's the only pickle for motorcyclists. Zappers. Zappers, we got them.
2: Wappers,
1: we got them. We got everything you need for your off-road adventure this summer at Nathan's <laughs> Car Sport Village in Durston. Brakes. We got those. Tires. Tires. We got those. Seatbelts belt for your motorcycles?
0: All right, everybody that is our show for this week it is friday nine six i do want to tell everybody that if you are planning on heading over to hang out with miranda on national ghost biker day at white lightning harley davidson in chattanooga tanaki we, which is tennessee that's how i say it uh let her know that you are heading over on behalf of creative writing and uh Take a ghost home with you. That's what my advice is. Uh, I'd like to give a big shout out. Poor little Billy Guy Bell has uh, ingested soap last week. I guess he had his uh, soap and his water bottle next to each other. It was about 40,000 degrees here in SoCal, and he reached down and grabbed the wrong bottle, drank some soap, and guess what? He's out on the fritz for like a week, so Billy Guy Bell's motorcycle washing services will not be available this week. You'll have to reschedule your appointment with him. Uh, spooky spokes, let's talk about it a little bit. We just had a whole episode on ghost hunting and uh, exploring and history and all this great stuff we talked about. You heard it, right? You listened to the whole thing, didn't you? You did? Mm hmm. So Spooky Spokes, Uh, the cutoff for Spooky Spokes is going to be, well, let's see, I think the Friday before Halloween is the 26th, so let's make the cutoff for Spooky Spokes the 24th. That'll give me a day to edit everything together, because I know after this episode, everybody's going to want to go out and do their own exploration. And uh, remember, Spooky Spokes can be the same as Solstice Slam, it could be artwork... It can be uh, audio, it can be video, it can be whatever you want. If you have a spooky ride or a story that you want to go on and record it, send it. We'll throw it up on our Facebook page, we'll throw it up on a blog. All that great stuff, but listen—you gotta send it in. You gotta submit it. Use the little voice recorder app on your phone. I know every phone has them, not just iPhones. I, I gotta imagine the Androids and and whatever other type of phones there are has some sort of voice recorder on it. And as soon as you're done recording your little message, your missive. You just click send, and it'll say, you want to send this as an email attachment? And you go, yeah, and it's like, whoa, because I got that capability right here. And you send it to creativewritingpodcast at gmail.com. That easy. It comes into my mail. I download it. I put it on the show. And remember, Spooky Spokes is reliant on uh, listener submissions only. We're not going to go out of our way to make some crazy – lie, you know, make up some story about what happened, but I usually do a ride myself, or try to go somewhere that's a little creepy, so that uh, we can all be part of this thing together but yeah, I'm going to follow some of Miranda's advice I'm going to go out and get uh, a Ghost uh, Smasher 5000 and a Spooky Voice Listener 200 um, at my local pawn shop down here, and see if I can capture some crazy stuff on this year's uh, Spooky Spokes ride so with that, we're going to sign off, uh, check out the Mississippi Mayhem. I don't know if I mentioned that in our in the events, but man, that looks like a lot of fun up there in Wisconsin, and uh, there's a whole bunch of other stuff happening. Uh, check your local bike calendars. Um, I know the Kernville Campout, I think it's coming up here you know, for those of you in SoCal, for those of you that are chopper, because that is kind of like a chopper fest, I think. But yeah, also that. And check out all of our friends. If you want to reach the show, give us a call. Area code 740 563 2858. Leave us a message on there and uh, check us out. Creative writing podcast at gmail.com. Talk to the event.